Howard from the Perdomo Scar Studios on a black stage in Indian Trail, North Carolina, and broadcasting from the Drew Estate Studios in California. It's episode 229 of the Primetime Show. Tonight, we welcome back Luciano Morales of Ace Prime as our special guest. And as always, the Primetime Show is brought to you by Saga Cigars. De Los Reyes introduces another chapter of the saga, the Saga Celez. Celez is a Spanish word that means leisure after work in the spirit of the standing idea of owning your own journey and making your own saga. The Saga Celez is a perfect companion to enrich those moments of choice, making them truly yours. Saga Celez carries a blend of Criollo Olor and Peloto Cubano wrapped in a selected Ecuador shade claro wrapper that generously delivers with elegance a surprisingly rich and balanced smoke. It's available in three sizes at an affordable price. Ask your retailer for a Saga Celez. And by Perdomo Cigars, awarded Nicaraguan Cigar of the Year in 2014 by Cigar Journal. The Perdomo 20th anniversary brand has consistently earned the highest scores in the industry and is a top seller in humidors around the world. The Perdomo 20th anniversary blend requires tobacco that have been carefully hand-selected and are well-aged for a minimum of eight years. The Perdomo 20th anniversary is offered in three distinct wrappers, a smooth, creamy Ecuadorian Connecticut, a rich, earthy Cuban seed Nicaraguan sun-grown and a dark, oily Cuban seed Nicaraguan Maduro. Combining these beautifully barrel-aged wrappers with thick, high-priming binder and filler tobaccos gives each blend a balanced complexity with layers of rich flavors and smooth, elegant aromas. Perdomo Cigars is a family-owned and operated company headquartered in Miami, Florida, with manufacturing and agricultural facilities in Esteli, Nicaragua. Perdomo's highly acclaimed cigar brands include the Perdomo State Selection Vintage, the Perdomo Double H 12-Year Vintage, Perdomo 20th Anniversary, Perdomo Reserve 10th Anniversary, Perdomo Abano Bourbon Barrel Age, Perdomo Lot 23, Perdomo Menso 70, and many more. For great tasting notes and pairing information, check out the Perdomo website at www.perdomocigars.com. And by Aganorsa Leaf. Great Leaf makes great cigars. Aganorsa Leaf stands out because of the distinctive flavor of their Corojo 99 and Criollo 98 seeds cultivated by Cuban agronomists on the best lands in Jalapa and Esteli, Nicaragua. When you smoke one of our JFR, JFR Lunas at Guardian Farmer Casa Fernandez cigars, you experience the signature taste that makes Aganorsa Leaf special. Smoke one today. Enjoy the flavor of Aganorsa Leaf. And finally, by Drew Estate. Check out and download the Drew Diplomat app for your mobile device. Keep up with everything going on Drew Estate. Experience the subculture that is the rebirth of cigars. It's available on iTunes and Google Play. For more information, check out www.drewdiplomat.com. And as always, all the live streaming for the Primetime Network of Shows, as well as the California Studios for the Primetime Show, is sponsored exclusively by Drew Estate. Welcome, everybody. This is Primetime Episode 229. This is... Thursday, May 26, 2022. This is Will Cooper. I am back in the Perdomo Cigar Studios here uh, in Indian Trail, North Carolina. It's the first time in a few weeks I've been back here. Um, and it's always good to be home. And and I'm reunited with my friend and co-host, Mr. Aaron Loomis. How you doing tonight, Will? I'm doing good, doing good. Um, and uh, we are. I'm doing good that I have a co-host this week because everyone went down last last week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For one reason or another, and it's and and here was the other problem that people didn't know when I did that show with Terrence. The webcam broke. I mean, it broke. I oh, dropped really? it. I dropped it. <laughs> right. So there's this. The last video is hard, right? Because I had to use my 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 laptop, and I had uh. like three chins showing with. Or the angle of the laptop, and it, 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 but yeah, the webcam broke. I dropped it. There's there was no, and it was there was no recovering it. Um, oh, and man. I didn't have a second webcam with me. 
Yeah. So, uh, why yeah. Would, why would you? Yeah, why would I, right? It was it was a new one, too. But, I mean, it hit a hard <laughs> floor, and that was it, right? It was gone. It cracked into pieces. So um, that was the end of that. So, yeah, that was a rough one. But but uh, I think the other thing tonight is you and I are going to be both smoking, which I don't know when the last time we both smoked on a show, for, for one reason or another, we have not been able to smoke together. Yeah, exactly. But uh, either you, yeah, yeah. So either you've had a cold, I've had a cold, or someplace I can't smoke. So no, it's yeah. good to do that tonight. Yeah, and um, it's also very good because um, the Phillies won tonight. Uh huh. I didn't make the mistake of putting the jersey on with that, so uh, <laughs> that will not happen. Um, I have not worn the Bryce Harper jersey since the uh epic meltdown i had just so you know <laughs> it, it is hanging up uh and it and it will not be worn for the foreseeable future uh mm-hmm. just because I, I i can't deal with that anymore yeah so uh but uh no it's good um and now we get turn around we get ready we're back in our normal routine right through pca so yep. um so you'll be seeing us and uh we have a full slate of shows coming right through july so yep. uh, excited to do it um but uh, very excited to welcome in our special guest tonight. Um, and uh, he made an extra effort to get on this show tonight, and we really appreciate it. Uh, he is a, he's a good friend. He is a regular. He's been on the show before, and we're happy to have him back. Luciano Morales of Ace Prime. Luciano, welcome back to primetime. Hoop! How are you, man? I appreciate yeah. that. That was good. That was good. I like it. <laughs> Yeah. Gotta put some excitement here. I am excited. Right. No, I uh been driving for uh almost like six hours. So I gotta, you know, try to kind of bring up some energy and uh and I was kind of craving sm- to smoke a cigar. My wife is not so happy when I smoke, even in my car, because she uses my car a lot, and then she gets upset. So I, I put a lot of effort to not smoke mm-hmm. for the past uh six hours. <laughs> And I made it. <laughs> wow. Uh, good for you. Um, I know we took two separate cars on our trip to Florida for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And uh, so, yeah, mine is the smoke mobile and the other one is not. So it's a non-smoking car and there's a smoking car. Um, but no, it's good. Uh, and it's funny. I know we Luciano gave me to the minute when he was going to be able to start the show. He, says, he sends me a message. I'm, I'm going to be on like, 13 minutes and 13 minutes he was like right on so uh i mean we appreciate that uh but we did talk to your daughter we got all your secrets so i said uh <laughs> no now now the show changed but 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 uh really really good uh, so you were doing some events out in phoenix and it, i'm assuming it's already over 110 out there right dude it was so hot it's hot but it's dry so yep. like you feel you don't feel that much you know uh it was uh it was, I don't know, 118 degrees, 120 uh, the first day. Wow. And then last wow. night was a little better. I think it was probably about 90 degrees at night. But you don't feel that's so hot because it's dry, right? Yeah. I was in Dominican uh, just a week before. And then I think it was somewhere around 90s, but it was unbearable just to stay outside. It was tough, man. We went to farms and to uh, different uh, processing facilities. It was really, really hot. So it wasn't too bad. Yeah. You know, was it as hot, though, as the night you were at the media house? <laughs> right. And you were holding court. Cool, that that was hot that night. That yeah. was that was really hot. I remember that. Yeah. Because you guys are all kind of going to the swimming pool. 
<laughs> I didn't bring my shorts. So I was kind of just, you know, jealous. I, I remember before you, we were kind of, you kind of were going through your thing. Uh, I literally went and dunked myself in the pool with all my clothes on and then came out. And like, I think I dried off in like 15 minutes naturally. It was like, yeah. uh, you know, just baked out there. And it, this is at night, like about 10 o'clock. And the temperature was still over 106 degrees at that point. Yeah. But, there, but there's one thing I regret, Coop, uh, was not taking a picture of you in a bathing suit. <laughs> yeah. That's one of the things I regret, you know? No, no you should be. You have be evidence for later. And Aaron, yeah, you know, yeah, that would be, uh, be something. You, you should be thanking, like, <laughs> <laughs> you should be thanking goodness that that didn't happen. I didn't, uh, you know, have to shock you guys because no one wants to see me in a bathing suit. So, uh, Aaron's another story, man. But, but, but me, uh, you know, I'm fat, bald, and old. So, <laughs> but hey, I did, I do have good memories of that night, man. I think was uh was amazing. I remember like. Matt singing and we all yep. listened to different types of music and smoking yep. cigars and drinking different things. So it was uh, it was remarkable. I maybe we can try to do it again this year. Why Absolutely. Not? Oh, you have you have the invite as yep. well. I mean, we already have the house. You're invited for sure. Yep. Uh, yeah. yeah. So so no. I mean, it was very. It was a great. I mean, we learned a lot too that night. Um, so uh, I know we'll be talking a little about. Um, I brought I brought some of that night to the show tonight. This is. Yeah. Oh. This is a cigar that came in this wrapper. That's right. That you provided. So I'm enjoying that this evening. I should have held mine. I did smoke it, but uh, and it was very good. But yeah, because that first one we smoked, it was good. But, but, but wow, it was hot. <laughs> so yeah, these uh, I'll, I'll bring a different batch of yeah. uh, different thing for you guys to to smoke. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I mean it was it was a great night. It was a very special night. Um for us and we were greatly appreciative of that but like i said yeah. well, it was uh, for me too was, yeah, uh, yeah yeah it was very kind of you well, so um we had like a great... i told you guys i i have this kind of uh weird uh disease that sometimes kind of you know just draws up my energy and uh those type of uh moments it's my oasis where i can re-energize and kind of get back to my do my thing you know to myself yeah. uh and, and that, that night was definitely special it kind of kept me kept me going for the next uh for the other two days nice. uh, yeah it, it did uh like i said it, it was a nice break for us um i i don't want to speak for aaron but i'm a guy i much prefer what we were doing i mean, I mean it's so anti-vegas to most people who want to be in the casino floor they want to be the bar but I had more fun doing what we did that night. That's kind of like my deal. So, yeah, me too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah. So, but uh, we're really glad to have you. Uh, thanks for again. Thanks for everything. Uh, and let's kind of get into some stuff. So, I want to kick off, Luciano. You know, we talked about this probably each time we were on the show, and you're now into year three of this um, this strategic alliance with Crown Heads. Mm -hmm. And usually, you know, look, I see a lot of these distribution and alliance deals and a lot of them don't work. Right. But yours is just seems to be working. And I see the synergy continue to grow with the companies. In fact, you know, I know you have some events coming up with Miguel, a good friend of ours, and it's definitely clicking there. So uh, I know when you talked to me, you said, hey, this is a big story. And I was like, well, let me see what happens with it. Right. I was and I wasn't being skeptical of you. I had seen other things happen. But but my skepticism has gone, Luciano. This thing is a, a great alliance. 
So let's talk about where, where things are with that right now. Yeah, I mean, we are, I think any, uh, any alliance uh, requires uh, first intention, you know, like you, you, you have to, to be intentional about what you want to do. Second, uh, we need to recognize value in each other. I would say four things. Third, respect is extremely important. And fourth, it has to be natural. Uh, it's something you cannot force, you know. I think uh, Ace Prime with the Bacalera Pichado, they have been producing uh, consistently cigars for uh, for crown heads. You know, this even before the alliance, we were already making the uh, the Juarez, and then we start making the Mildias, and then we came with the alliance. But uh, and of course, you know, we we had consistency. We came from the background of of making cigars for for different brands so that was nothing new for us but at the same time uh there is a culture that you have to kind of learn you know and that you have to be uh, uh in, inserted in and we tried to do our best in terms of producing the best quality cigar we could possibly produce i like to say that in our factory and uh, i do respect that you know any anyone who thinks different but in our factory we don't have different tiers to our products we don't have like our most premium or kind of premium and then our tier two or three all our stuff is premium and we we put the same effort and the same love into uh blending everything that we blend for crown heads that we do for ace prime or that we do for for a private label or uh or anyone else uh, we use our best tobaccos. We, we try to use everything that we grow and, and, and be creative and, and keep consistency in our construction. So I think just kind of maybe, uh, you know, answering your question, I think it boils down to, uh, to, to be an organic thing, you know. And for us, uh, it was, was awesome. Like you mentioned Miguel. I know Miguel for more than 15 years. And, and Miguel was, uh, was instrumental for this uh, for this alliance to, to happen. Yep. And I think uh, both companies have to benefit equally. And I think that's what is happening. That's why it's working. I think a very substantial part of revenue of Crown Heads comes from what we make for them. And uh, all, the, all the distribution, you know, the, for, uh, for Ace Prime in the United States is uh, its responsibility of Crown Heads. And they're doing a great job. And Miguel is, is doing a, an amazing job. You know, we have a lot of brand recognition. We have a substantial distribution today, and we are very thankful for for this alliance and very happy with the results of the alliance. Yeah, it's. I tell you, I, you know, I see it from Miguel's end as well. I mean, Miguel, obviously, he's a Crown Heads employee, but uh, you guys are part of his portfolio, and I, and I definitely see that. And I, and I, it just, it definitely seems like it's it's a great two way street. And you know, I always mention that you. Um, I know Miguel brought you, you knew Miguel because I met you at the Duran cigars booth uh, prior to you like launching Ace Prime. So That's true. Uh, yeah, you, you were at the time look, you know, looking to launch a, a cigar brand. Um, so I know you, you've known Miguel for a while. And yeah, I think, I think that was uh, probably 2012, 14? I think. Oh, 2013. Okay. I don't remember exactly, but uh yeah i mean you are you actually was i think you were the the first interview that i've ever gave to uh to uh the, the cigar media oh wow well honored 
I had I had yeah. I had interviews before in my previous life mm -hmm. in a completely different environment. Yeah. Uh, but I think you were the first one. Uh, and uh, I'm honored. That's thank why you. we have we have a special connection. Absolutely, and I'm, I'm thank <laughs> you. You know, you mentioned two crown heads, right? And look, they are working with some. They've been working with some great factories already, right? Mm -hmm. And you guys come in there. And they don't miss, there's not a beat missed with crown heads. I mean, because Juarez became a big hit, you know, then Mil Diaz follows. So the, there's TAA and PCA cigars. And so you've really, I think, um, the crown heads and the, the uh, fan base of crown heads, I think they accepted it, you know, what you guys are delivering very quickly. And uh, I know George Brightman was smoking a Mil Diaz when we interviewed him last year. It was super high on that cigar. So it's a testament to that factory and what you're doing uh, out of that factory. And clearly your, your crown heads knows how to bring a brand that hits market space. So good job there. No, thank you. I think uh, there is a, there is a lot of, uh, again, what we make for the, the, uh, the crown heads brands, we make with a lot of love and, and we have John Huber, who's such a creative guy that can create, you know, amazing brands and can, uh, and can, uh, basically, uh, you know, understand what, what the market wants. And, and we, uh, I think we work well together. So I'm very, uh, I'm very pleased with this partnership and we, I hope this can be very uh, fruitful, you know, I, 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 even, I even more, than, even more than what it is. I, yeah. I, and I think, you know, of course, the quality of the product, everything that we do, we do, uh, we've been uh, very, very much consistent. And I think that's, that's very important. Uh, and again, man, it has to be natural. It has to be organic, right? Yeah. You cannot force. Yeah, no, I, I agree. There's a recipe. That's, that's my point. I agree. I was, I was down in Miami and I was visiting a, a cigar manufacturer, a well-known one, and your name came up, um, and it came up in the context and we'll get into more. Uh, Luciano has been so involved with the PCA in a positive way. So this was a positive conversation that came up, but I'll mm -hmm. say it was out. I was in the Alex Bradley office when this happened. Right. Um, and it was interesting because I was talking with Bradley and John Lipson at the time, and it kind of some of the conversation went that, you know, hey, Luciano and, and John Huber, they do have this synergy, you know, this ability to kind of build a brand, tell a story behind the brand and kind of relate that story to, to the base. And you both seem to do that very well. Uh, you know, John's been doing it for years. We've seen you now do it, particularly we're going to talk more about Fiat Lux in a bit I, I think you are now doing that same thing and it, it like I said I think it is a synergy I think you guys have a synergy just on that like alone how you guys think the same with that hey listen I I think we are very different yeah very very different I think uh we think different I think we have different backgrounds um but if there's one thing that maybe is kind of built in me or or I was taught by my 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 family I I try always to kind of see uh, where is the sweet spot for that synergy, where actually we can really add one plus one and equals 10. Like what, what's the common ground and not just the common ground, where, where are our kind of superpowers that when we combine become something, you know, special. Uh, a good example is, is like, you know, the whole pairing thing that we everybody talks about you know pairing whiskeys with cigars or pairing or, or merging leaves you know to, to create a blend um 
when you can bring two completely different elements together and those elements create a third element that wouldn't exist if it wasn't for those two uh, combinations, uh, then you get something, you know? Mm -hmm. And I yeah. think uh, the difference is what makes uh, everything special too. Uh, sometimes I try to, I see people like just basically trying to find, you know, that perfect pair, someone that thinks <laughs> like me, someone right. that kind of, listen, if I'm not challenged every day, I, mm -hmm. I lose excitement. Yeah. which it's actually a little little cue for uh, for the concept of feel lux. So if you are like in a in a comfort zone all the time and all you know is what what makes you comfortable, what makes you what, what makes you feel safe, uh, you hardly going to grow, you know. Yeah. So we all need challenges. We need people that think different than us. We need people that can challenge us. Uh, if we don't have that challenge, if we don't have people that inspires us to be different or see things from a different angle, uh, this basically, for me, it's extremely boring. You know, I, mm -hmm. um, I know that, you know, human beings, we, we always try to kind of win a debate. We always like to be right. We always like to say, I was right. See, I told you first, or I saw that first or I'm seeing something that you don't and they want to stick with their argument. Uh, one of the things that I love to do an exercise and I was blessed to have a, a father who taught me to, to think that way and then maybe it became natural to me is that I get extremely excited when someone convinces me that I'm wrong. <laughs> like if you can, if you can, like let's say I'm, I'm extremely convinced <laughs> about one specific concept. Let's say, you know, I, I have a, a very well-formed opinion about anything, any topic. Right. Um, and then if someone brings to the table a new perspective that I didn't see it before or something that changes my mind, I, I get so excited. I get goosebumps. I, I, I cry sometimes. Mm -hmm. So that's how much I love to be challenged and I love to be, I love to be wrong. Let's put it this way. Uh, but at the same time, if I, if, if, I, if I can see the truth is right in front of me, uh, and that's why the analogy with the cigars, I, like, you know, Fiat Lux means uh, the meaning behind is let there be light. That's the translation. But actually, uh, it, it was a, a representation of the social movement of the enlightenment. So when you when you when you seeking for truth, you're seeking for for reality. Uh, and I think I actually talked about this before. Uh, I don't know if it was last year. But that's something that I, I repeat everywhere I go, man. I think this, the, the world is craving truth. The world is craving legitimacy. The world is craving no more bullshit. You know, people are tired because there is a, there's skepticism everywhere. People don't believe leadership. They don't believe uh, in, uh, you know, the government. They don't believe in religious leaders. People don't believe each other. So... Whoever can present truth, it can be real. Um, it seems like society, it's leaning towards that. Like people are tired of lies, tired of uh, fake stuff, you know? So uh, again, I don't even know why we got to this topic. I think because I was thinking of Fiat Lux and-, and that, That's okay. And no, let's keep, we, no. let's stick with that. Yeah, stick with it, Lucia, because we were to cover this anyway. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, I, I, I feel like uh, if, if we can now bring him back to our 
our conversation here, if we can, uh, you know, do shows like yours and have people like really kind of demystifying, you know, a, a bunch of kind of, uh, you know, bullshit that they, they, they just kind of, for some reason, they repeat over and over and over. They start thinking that's true, you know, and there's so many things, especially in our industry, like when it comes to, uh, to premium cigars, you know, from, from ashes to, to, taste profile to burn to fermentation like there's so many so many things that are just kind of repeated over and over and over and over and for some reason it seems like people are not so interested in clarifying it and, and bringing up the the truth and the reality so i i'm one of those guys who love to talk about these things and kind of i feel like i'm a sort of a, a myth buster <laughs> wow yeah that's uh I, I said, I, and I love that whole, I love that part about you um, too. Um, and it's, it's like I said, you, you keep it real. You know, I was, I'm smoking the, uh, I'm smoking Luciano the Dreamer right now. Um, and we're going to, I'm going to talk about this in a little bit, you know, as I get further into the scar, which I'm you very much smoking, enjoying. Are you smoking Lancero? Oh no, this is the, this is the Toro, the Toro Deluxe, right? No, this is the Lancero. It's just my screen. Lancero? Okay. Yeah, this is, wow. this, yeah, this is definitely, uh, I even it's have the, uh, yeah. Lancero, really? Yeah, well, there you go, all right? <laughs> no, it, it's, uh, I'm telling you, it's, it's, I'm really enjoying it, right? And I know, but I noticed too, no, you know, um, this, this cigar, like I said, it's, it's, it's a Lancero, and I, 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 I'm not a hater of Lanceros. It's, uh -huh. um. When I get a good Lancero, I like it. You hate everything. It's a different story. It's okay. <laughs> Got to be so, consistent. Yeah. <laughs> but but you did make you did make the decision to launch this in a Lancero uh, to start out with. Um, so, you know, why did you know? Because and now you've expanded the line. But why did you opt to go with the Lancero first, knowing that you know, hey, the market's like the market just. Connoisseurs can love Lanceros, but the market doesn't dictate that. But yet you decided to do that and, and you stuck with it. And it seems like it's worked out for you in, in the long run. Yeah, I would love to have leaves in my hands right now. And I have in a car um, to actually explain to you why I decided to start with the Lancero. Mm -hmm. So I'll try to explain without the leaves. Like many, many years ago, when uh, Arsenio Ramos was still alive, uh, he was obsessed with, with Lanceros and the construction of Lanceros, you know. He always pointed out that when you have, like, you want to, you, when you want to build a Lancero, you want to get the longest leaf, right? So you can build that uh, the seven, uh, seven inch, uh, uh, seven and a half inch uh, long. So you need a big leaf, technically. Uh, and he always, uh, he always, he was always trying to find a way to create a construction method that would solve the issue uh, of the draw and also the consistency. As you know, the tip of the leaf always carries more uh, minerality, more strength, more nicotine. Uh -huh. uh, and then if you're using the entire length, you notice the cigar will start mellow. When it gets to the, the middle, it's almost like a different cigar. And yeah. then the last third, it's almost nothing there because there's no minerality at the bottom of the leaf, right? No, no strength. So uh, then Arsenio created this method. And also, uh, the shape of the leaf, uh, you know, if you look at the shape of the leaf, there's way more biomass in the very center of the leaf. Mm -hmm. so when you stack the leaves one on top of the other, that's uh -huh. exactly where it gets plugged, right there in the center. Yep. Because the tip has way more, uh, 
you know, give. Yeah. Yeah. So he start like picking the very, very small ligeros, very small leaves. And then you place one tip here, you know, and then the other, the other tip will go right in the center. Ah, uh-huh. okay. Sta- kind of staggering the leaves. Yeah. Staggered that, and then you break that bottom and fill that top. Now you have the perfect cylinder. And okay. then you fix the draw issue as well, just by changing the bunching method. Now you have a consistent cigar. And I, to be quite frank, uh, I've smoked Lanceros in my life. They're way more complex than mine. I think what we have in this cigar is extreme good tobacco, uh, perfectly fermented. And, and that's in, 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 the, in a perfect construction. I think that's what makes the, that cigar really special, you know? And I own to Arsenio the, uh, you know, the creativity and, and, and thinking out of the box in terms of creating a different, a different uh, bunching method that would solve all these issues. Plus, of course, we, we test draw all the Lanceros at, at our factory. So it's something that Pichardo developed, like uh, he adapted the, the draw master to test Lanceros as well. And I like challenges, man. And then, you know, when we launched the Lancero, I heard from everybody that Lanceros don't sell and people don't buy Lanceros. Everybody likes it, but nobody buys it. Right. And then I, I you know, I thought to myself, I said, you know what? I, I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me. You know, it doesn't make sense. I think if there is a reason why people don't buy it is because of construction issues and because of that kind of uh, uh, dynamic of the Lancero, you know, when, when the cigars start mellowing down uh, too, too quick. Um, once we got that solved, I said, you know what, let's try as a, as a limited series and not because we don't control the tobaccos. In fact, 90% of that cigar comes from tobaccos that we grow. We only use one leaf of Peruvian. Uh, so it's, it's kind of a tobac- tobacco that we have control of, right? So we could just do a regular line right off the bat. But then we decided to go with the with the Lancero as a limit series because we wanted to test it, you know? Mm-hmm. And th- there was abs- absolutely no expectations. And then as soon as we launch, you know, it moves very, very quick and, and uh, we sell out. And then I talked to Miguel at, and talked to Mike Condor. I said, man, we should do a regular line. We're still getting orders and reorders and, and let's just make a regular line. And then the second step was like, I, to be quite honest, I never, uh, start blending with the Lancero up to a, to bigger Bitolas. Right. And, and that became the, the, the real, real uh, challenge, you know, because I'm already using kind of thick tobacco in the Lancero. It's already high prime. So whatever I do on a bigger Bitola, it means that I'm going to have to add more, uh, uh, more, you know, uh, st- strong or, or thick tobaccos, more Ligeros. So, but who would smoke a uh, a quadruple ligero in a in, in a fifty two in a bellicoso? You know, like if I if I'm trying to multiply proportions of that same tobacco, I would have to kind of really put four uh, four ligeros in a in a cigar, which would be un, unsmokable. You know, like too too uh, too much acidity, too strong. Um, so, and then the idea it was to change a little bit the dynamics of the construction too. So some of the leaves, they are binders, they became fillers. Some of the, the veritos that were fillers became binders. Uh, be, and, and some of the, the leaves we're using for combustion in the, in, the, in, the, uh, in the Lancero 
became actually viso instead mother it's some other sizes so we basically played with the primes to to achieve this uh, you know the same taste profile in different volumes of smoke uh, and then that was the the fun of it it took us a long time and and it, it, at the very end it became almost like a, a surgical process where we would kind of Okay, so we reinverted. So we put whatever was Lihero became Viso, whatever was Viso became Lihero. Now we have to alter maybe 5% more of that proportion to actually get closer to what that taste profile should be. And, and that was a lot of fun and, and you know, a lot of work too. And I'm it, glad it, uh, with the response so far. Lucian, I, I, hearing that, like I said, it makes a lot of sense to me. But because I was like, how the heck did they start with this Lancero and get the profile? Because I've been smoking the Bellicoso. I, I like that size. And I'm like, how did that, how did they get it? And you, you, you did. You definitely got it. There's some different nuances, I think, with the Bellicoso, with the tapering. But yeah, it was, um, you don't hear of that often uh, with people starting with the Lancero. Yeah. And I know it was, again, it was a response, and, I, and there's no. Sh I have no shame in saying this. It was a response for a demand, and and I think that's something that uh, we have to look up as well. Of course, every single cigar maker wants to launch what they like, right? And I like the Lancero a lot, and and honestly, my first thought was not to kind of expand in in sizes there, but then I there was not one time, two times, was dozen of times of events I would go and people said, man, I love the cigar. But if you had a little more volume of smoke, if I have different sizes in this exactly same taste profile with the sweetness, a little more high acidity and, and, and with this kind of density, right? Uh, I would love to try, you know, why don't you make other sizes? And I start hearing, you know, that over and over and over. And, and then I don't even remember when we got the idea, I think it was also talking to Miguel or, or, or maybe talking to Pichardo, I don't remember. I said, you know what, let's try, you know, let's try and see what, yep. what we can do. Of course, I would never be able to make like a six by 60 or even, even over anything, uh, even over 52 would be impossible uh, with that, with that blend. So right. I mean, 52 is as high as we can go. And, you know, my, my preferred size is the Tour Deluxe. I like on a, on a 50 a lot. Right. It's a long, it's at six and seven eighths size. Yeah, I like yeah. that size too. Yeah. yeah. No, I was, uh, you said I was very, I mean, I was going to ask you if you're going to do a Gordo. So I guess the answer is no, but. Uh. <laughs> um, well, let's put it this way not in this blend, but okay. I think you might, you might have a surprise at the trade show. Oh, all right. Okay. The, um, and then, you know, you had the originally, the, the original Luciano cigar was Luciano the Traveler. I, I got, and that was a different blend. That was a completely different blend, right, than this that's, one. That's what I'm smoking right now. Yep. That, and I love that size. I love that size you created, that 46 ring gauge, that long 46 ring gauge, by the way. Um, I don't know if there's another cigar with that size on the market. And Aaron, I don't know if, what would it be called under the naming council either. So, <laughs> so, uh, so what's the length? The length is what? Oh, this, this one is almost like a hybrid of a Corona, Corona Gorda and a, and a Churchill because it's a, it's a seven. 746. Okay. Yeah. A little, a little yeah. thinner than a little, little thinner than Churchill, but yeah, you got the kind of got that John, John would, style. John, yeah. yeah. John would reject it as a Churchill name. I can tell you that. 
hundred percent. If it's not forty-seven, he'll reject it. But yeah, but it's a great side. I do really, I really enjoyed that. That's so a look, lot. That, something very interesting happened yesterday. I, I went to visit uh, uh, Ambassador Cigars in Phoenix, mm-hmm. and uh, I was talking to the guy, and I was just looking at inventory, seeing like you know Fit Lux moving really quick, you know some some other brands like selling really well, and then no kidding, I look at this. Uh, you know when when retailers they put like the boxes behind you know in the top yeah. of the shelf right. right there and i i was looking at and i i swear to god i saw like this uh just this part like here seven by 46 uh-huh right and i saw that little part of the box and i asked him can i see that box so he had to grab the the the, the letter to go there and <laughs> yeah. get the box and i looked at it and i look at it i said dude you gotta be kidding me <laughs> I, I i've been craving myself to smoke right. this bar for a year because it's sold out you don't find anywhere it's been yeah. out for maybe two three years so he had five boxes of these cigars there man wow and by the way to if anyone wants to smoke the the traveler uh it's probably available that's the only store that has it that, as far as i know in the entire united states mm-hmm. so we're gonna have to put Nielsen on that. Nielsen's Aaron Nielsen on my team is a regular smoker and ambassador when he's out in Arizona. So, yeah. uh, but they may be gone by then now because <laughs> after the show tonight. But I'll have a yeah, because that, that's I love that cigar. I, I have a, I have a couple still in my humidor of those. They're they're it's a great size. It's a great blend. Um, but it was a true limited edition, right? So that you because you aren't making that anymore. No, I'm not. Uh, we we actually did another run, a limited run for. Uh, for the German market. Uh-huh. Uh, but here's the thing, brother. We're talking about the alliance. And this may be, a, I talked about four important elements to, to have an alliance. And there's maybe a fifth, which is the ability to compromise. So when, I, when, when you look at the, at the construction of the traveler, the traveler takes literally 100% of Pelo de Oro inside. So it's a lot of Peruvian tobacco. We use different primes, of course, and we play with the Sumatra wrapper, but it's 100% Pelo de Oro. If I make this a regular line, this will make the Mildias line not viable. So I compromised one cigar that I was making for myself and make that a limited right. to make sure that I could make Mildias a regular line. Oh, wow. So... Again, it, you know, we, we make those decisions based in, of course, sometimes in instinct, sometimes in, again, it's it's the compromising part, I think is very important too. Yeah. 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 No, that's a good point. I mean, I, it was another manufacturer who was just took who Saka was saying the same thing. He had to discontinue one of his lines temporarily to get, because he needed to leave for another line. So, yeah. Uh, that yeah does the thing that. about this one that was always presented as a limited. So we never intended to to continue, but I could if I if I wanted to. Right. You know, we have access to that tobacco. We buy that tobacco constantly because of the all the, the blends that we use. You know, in the uh, but especially in the Mildias, that's where we have more volume of, of sales there. So yeah. No, that's uh, like I said, and that's done. I've said it's been a monster hit for Crown Heads, so which mm-hmm. reflects very good on you. I mean, that's your factory that's coming out of so. So it's a win-win for both there, um, which 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 is said we you know obviously but it makes the traveler a little more of a unicorn a true unicorn in a lot as you look at it like that too. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, it's true. It's true. Yeah. Uh, I, 
I got someone from your audience just asking, like, if, I, if you're connected with the blood medicine that just yes. came out. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's made at our factory. Uh, uh, I, I blended. Uh, it's a great cigar. I think everybody will love it. And, of course, you know, the, the brilliant uh, brain of John Huber uh, creating uh, creating this uh, this whole concept and the whole uh, the whole brand. I think this is a cigar that he intended to create just for events like he did in the past. Uh, I think it's a great idea. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was funny. My wife, who does the editing, she's like, I said, hey, you got to go edit this Blood Medicine cigar article today. And mm -hmm. she's like, Blood Medicine? I go, well, read the press release I'm sending you. <laughs> And, and like she was amazed at the whole history being told of that building and, and, and things like that in Nashville. So, you know, yeah. it, 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 was, it, was a, it was a story behind it. Um, so that again, they haven't had an event. They've been looking for an event cigar for a while because they haven't had the originals in a while. So mm -hmm. they haven't been able to get it. So good job by that. And that's going to start debuting next month from what I understand. Yeah, it's going to be uh, at a, lo a retailer that's local to me, actually. Oh, so you're, you're, you're in Santa Rosa. You're not far Santa Rosa's, yeah. It's like an hour and 15 minutes from me. Okay. So, that, yeah. yeah. So, no, there you go. There you go. California's getting it first. Yeah. So, Lucy, I had another question on the, on the Fiat Lux, right? Mm -hmm. um, you mentioned that this cigar cleanses your palate mm -hmm. as, as you're smoking it and when you smoke it. Um, I can tell you that what I like about yeah, and I and I want you to explain a little more. I can tell you when I smoke it, I don't have that, like, I feel like I could smoke another cigar totally clean, um, which is a big thing for me because I don't like lingering. I don't like lingering after day. But talk a little more about that concept because I think it's an interesting concept with this cigar. Okay, so I'm going to dive a little deep now then. Just, you can. Just, no, it's just, fine. Just, just to kind of make it more fun. Yeah, yeah. no, please go. Uh, I think that the very important premise is like how, uh, how people perceive flavors, right? And sometimes we try to kind of unify that perception uh, by suggestion or by uh, just kind of, you know, making generalizations like, you know, oh, this is a cigar for after meal. This is a cigar for the morning or this is a cigar for lunch. But if you just consider the variance that we have in terms of what affects uh, your palate, you see that's way more complex than people think. Like, starting with the fact that maybe 50% or 60% of the population has a bacteria in their stomach called H. pylori. So that if you have that bacteria, you're already on, a, on one side of the population, which will have a completely different acidity in your mouth. You're going to have reflux, which will affect the way you perceive flavor. Uh, if, you, uh, if you are taking any medication, such as uh, antidepressants that usually dries your mouth or uh, anti-inflammatories or antibiotics, anything that's antibiotics, for example, just basically skilling all the yeasts, uh, all the bacteria, and now the yeasts are taking over and you're going to have more, uh, you're more susceptible to yeast infections. And that, that affects directly uh, how your di digestive uh, system works because you need good bacteria in your, in your stomach for your digestive system to work and so the pH of your saliva be uh, uh, you know, normal. Uh, when, when you take antibiotics, everybody, if you pay attention, the flavor of the food changes. So you, 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 can, you can taste the food as the same if you're doing a heavy treatment of antibiotics. Or, uh, or if you, uh, uh, whatever you ate before, whatever you drink before, 
uh, people have different reactions to, uh, to food or anything they put in their mouth, right? So, and that's why uh, I wanna just give this, this little, little uh, maybe provocation for people to think that uh, there is no such a thing as a, a uh, you know, a general rule when it comes to uh, perceived flavors or smoking cigars. So what this cigar does is create salivation, makes you salivate. And salivate is essential for you to taste anything. Uh, your brain is capable in a fraction of a second uh, to create tremendous amounts of saliva so you can eat and digest and perceive flavor and digest the food. So have you ever tried to kind of eat an apple and then you, you kind of spill saliva or sometimes you're, you're so hungry or so much craving that food, as soon as you put your fork in your, in your plate and you bring to your mouth, like your mouth is already watering, right? Right, right. In a fraction of a second. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So uh, basically your brain is saying, okay, he's going to put food in his mouth. So I need to produce that amount of saliva. So the more saliva is produced, uh, the more alkaline that saliva will be when it's produced in volumes of smoke and there's no food in your mouth. That's pure science. Lucio, a question on that. So like when I walk into an Italian deli, I suddenly salivate. I suddenly get this and I'm, I haven't tasted anything. Yeah. So it's, that's, that's what's happening then to me. It's, it's what it I'm, is. Yeah, okay. but that, that's a good example. If, right. you were, if you were very, very full, like you basically ate to the right. limit of your, you know, <laughs> of what could possibly physically, like you're full, you would pass in front of the same store and you wouldn't crave that food. You wouldn't salivate at all. You know why? Because your brain is telling you, no, you got to stop eating. Right. Your stomach is full. Now I need the acidity down your stomach. That, so the rebound effect is that you can't put any food in your mouth and you're not going to salivate, but you pass in front of the same store. So that's, that's a very good example, which that's a point I was going to get to, which mm -hmm. is like uh, after a full meal, it's really hard to salivate, really, really hard because mm -hmm. your brain is saying, okay, I'm going to need to send some acidity to his uh, esophagus and then to his, and down to his, uh, uh, you know, uh, deep digestive system so that food can be processed. That makes the pH of a saliva increase. So technically, after you eat a, a full meal, if you wait just 30 minutes, your saliva will become so alkaline that any mild cigar would taste brighter, would taste better. So technically, after a full meal, if you wait 30 minutes, you should never smoke a heavy cigar. You're not going right. to enjoy it. You smoke a mild cigar. Mm -hmm. Now, if you are smoking while you are eating, then the pitch of your saliva, it's perfect for a full body cigar. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So I, again, there's so many variants, but what the Fiat Lux does, uh, and, and I think uh, we don't want to get boring here, you know, with so, many, so much te technicality, but at the same time, Fiat Lux is about knowledge. It's about asking these questions. You know, Fiat Lux means enlightenment, means, means knowledge. That's why the name of the sizes, they're expressions of the human knowledge, you know, acumen and insights, and intuitions, genius. Uh, it's to reflect that behind the, the manufacturing of that cigar, that those things were thought intentionally. And that's the whole concept of the cigar. It's not like, let's put some leaves together and see how they taste good. 
-hmm. was actually how we can create salivation in this bitola and, and make sure you keep salivating all the way through. And then you can eat a cheese that would taste better with that cigar. You can actually eat while you smoke it because the food tastes better because you're smoking that cigar. Or even the cigar that you're smoking before, if you relight that cigar afterwards, that cigar would taste better. And even the transitions on the Fiat Lux are way more uh, perceivable because now as you salivate, so the, the pH of your saliva changes, of your mouth changes quickly. So now that cigar that you're getting floral notes and the high acidity on the heterohale at the beginning, you're gonna start getting chocolate notes right in the middle. Not because there's different tobacco, but just because the pH of your mouth is changing, right? So, and right. then if you have, and, and now if you're in contact with that wrapper that has more salinity, uh, that salinity uh, will also help a lot with that. I mean, it's part of the, the reason why you salivate. And that salinity is what creates the contrast for you to perceive chocolate notes in the tobacco. If you don't have salt, you don't perceive those chocolate notes that all, all, everybody talks about. Right. The... Um... The other thing that I just kind of look at a Fiat Lux, right? And this, by the way, I liked the background you just gave on that. This was, so, and again, I don't normally like to ask what's new or anything like that, but I kind of perceive Fiat Lux more as a, this is how I'm perceiving it, not just a cigar, but a brand. And that you could probably challenge yourself to do something with other wrappers and blends with that. Is that something that maybe you're thinking about with this? Because I, like I said, you, you nailed it with the Sumatra wrapper, in my opinion. I enjoyed that cigar a lot. Um, but can you do it with something else now is a question. Or is it like, hey, I only could have done it with because this tobacco worked with it. No, no, lays waste. Like, I just gave you a hint on, on what we did with, uh, with the Dreamer, for example. Yeah, like true. Dreamer, yeah. So you can change, actually, um, you know, every cigar has like five, I uh, call five functions of the leaf you know you have beauty which is the wrapper you have uh you have a you need a special fermentation for the binder to make sure it binds everything together and then you have uh combustion which is extremely important in a cigar and then you have flavor and uh strength so if i can actually uh create the same sensation of strength with one type of tobacco that's not the same on that bitola and and make sure that that binder maybe the levers that kind of uh, floralness that we have that comes with the sickle, that comes with the combustion leaf. So you can play around these things and, and develop, uh, you know, a new blend. Yeah. But, you know, this will be more gimmickly, to be quite frank. Again, let's, now it's me not being commercial here. I, I could, I'll give an example. Like I could, I could actually use that binder that we have uh, and make that binder the wrapper and then get the wrapper and make that wrapper a Sumatra binder. Mm -hmm. So you're basically smoking the same cigar. Right. And by the way, I, I, I heard a lot of, uh, for some reason, I, I heard two people saying the same thing. Again, one of those things that people repeat over and over and over and then becomes true, right? Yeah. Uh, someone was uh, answering a question or making a statement about uh, how important is the binder for the taste profile of a cigar. And I heard someone saying that's the least important. And that's completely wrong. With all the respect, you know, uh, if he's watching this, uh, this is wrong. So the binder is extremely, extremely important in how you build the taste profile uh, of a cigar. Of course, there is different methods of constructions where the binder can become irrelevant, you know, if you make it irrelevant. But actually, I love to play with the, with the, with the, the binders. And by the way, for the first time, 
one of the launches at PCA that we are making uh, will come with two binders, but two different binders from different regions. So we're using two different binders from two different regions to make uh, the taste profile of the cigar. And your binder, like you said, it's, it's important, right? A lot of people, like I know it's, I guess the perception is a lot of people will say binder is important for combustion. That's, and that's true, right? Yeah. But if you get flavor out of it, it's like a bonus. Yeah, I would say, yeah. I would say the binder yeah. needs, uh, so a good binder needs to be perfectly fermented so it has combustion. So that would be the yeah. right statement. So you need combustion in the binder period. It's mm -hmm. not an option, right? Right. Uh, you can actually, depending on the construction, you can play around with using a sickle in the Liberman. Uh, some people uh, call it, the, it's the old Cuban uh, um, conjugado method where they work with the free hands with no base in their hands and the base is on the machine. And I think, you, I think we talked about this before uh, at, at the compound last year. Yep. So when, you know, there's several ways for you to construct a cigar and put that stick on the outside. One of them is put in your hand. And then if you're working in Tobado and you can just kind of add into that base that's in your hand. So sometimes what we can do is put that base into the Lieberman on the top of the binder. So let's say you have a binder that's too thick. It's, it's almost like a viso binder. And Dominicans, they love to work with uh, thicker binders, right? Uh, if you put a leaf of seco together, that seco will help the combustion of that binder. Okay. And, and you know, when the binder is too thick, it's a good way to uh, to improve the construction of the cigar by just adding that that seco on the outside. Interesting. Yeah, I didn't know that. That's a good mm -hmm. learn something every time talking to Luciano, which is good. Um, by the way, our audience is really enjoying this. This, you know, I'm, I'm going through some of the comments, so yeah. uh, this is great. This is kind of what we got at the media house uh, last year, which is, you know, the other just on on Fiat Lux before we close it out. Um, I had a lot of good stuff with the science. You really put a great price point with that cigar. I gotta say, mm -hmm. I mean, most of the line is under ten dollars, if not the whole line is under ten dollars. Which, you know, these days that's a that's a great value you're gonna get. And again, it's it's not it's it's not it's not inexpensive to make. You know, it costs a lot of money too. Uh, I think with that cigar, one of the the advantages is the fact that we we basically grow everything that's in there, uh, which kind of makes it possible for us to uh, you know work with maybe you know lower prices. It's hard when you have to outsource too much, because when you outsource, especially fusion tobaccos from like uh, you know different regions, like a, there's a lot of people like to use Cameroon, they use some so you know the Connecticut broadleaf. So those are very expensive uh, tobacco. Yeah. Uh, we grow Sumatra in Ecuador, and that's kind of the seed that we grow. And usually, the you know everything is kind of a little low prime. This this never like a very thick Sumatra. Uh, we this year we for the first time grew a very different uh, Sumatra. It's a hybrid that we tried, and uh, we've been using in some in some of the stuff that's coming out also in um, in July, uh, which is exciting. But um, but yeah, I think you know we're able to get a very good quality uh, in a, at a very good price point. And and just for our audience, you have farms in Ecuador, so you yes. are actually so which is a I think a very big advantage you have uh, because obviously there's a lot of wrappers that come out of Ecuador, so that gives you a, a, a great strategic advantage for the tobacco you're bringing into your factory because. It's, it's a yeah. vertical integration. I think, uh, I think this this last year was probably one of the best years for us in terms of uh, of yield. You know, 
-hmm. uh, it's not a huge factory. It's not a huge uh, uh, farm there, but it's uh, it's it's very uh, we get a, a very good result, you yeah. know. And uh, Pichardo is the one who kind of leads this this process, and he's responsible for that farm. So he uh, has been working in developing new seeds for for a very very long time, and what he achieved there with our Avano, it's that quality you see at the Mildias on the high primes, what you see on the on the Sargent or the CHC. Those are wrappers that we grow, um, and you know we I like it a lot. So they're very very important to to the taste profile of the cigars that we make too. That's a good point. That's a good point there. And you tend to, you know, I noticed you have a lot. Like Sumatra just seems like a wrapper you, you've really worked well with. And it's, it's, it's one of the more polarizing wrappers for me, but I've enjoyed your Sumatra wrappers. Mm -hmm. So you, you're doing something right in my book if it's hitting, you know, because I just tend not to enjoy Sumatra a lot. So uh, oh, I, I appreciate it. But, you know, yeah. the type of Sumatra that we use, it's usually the Sumatra that a lot of people are afraid of using because the really? Sumatra we use is very thin. Yeah. If you, if you look at the, at the Fiat Lux and you right. deconstruct it, it, it can be sometimes thinner than a, than a Connecticut. You know, it's it's very yeah. kind of, even like the center of the plant is very thin. So the, the yield is, a sm it's a small, it's not heavy. So you get uh, you get almost like a very balanced salinity that, that yeah. we talked about. It's not overwhelming. It's not like, it doesn't have that linger. Uh, yeah, no, I, I agree. Like I said, I've had some of your Sumatras before. Like uh, the Tiago uses the Sumatra, right? Yeah. And I love the Tiago. So like, I don't hesitate when I see an Ace Prime Sumatra. I'm like, yeah, I know they have a pretty good Sumatra wrapper. So mm -hmm. I, that doesn't affect me. And you, you have uh, done, a, like I said, it hits my palate at least uh, mm -hmm. on that. So I, I do enjoy that. Uh, speaking, of, speaking of MXS uh, and Tiago, it seems like this year, uh, first, MXS is getting a little more, um, it's, you know, you had other stuff going on with Luciano and Pichardo lines. But you kind of and you've kind of come back to uh, MXS a bit more this year. I'm seeing it promoted more. And I saw recently, I guess, Dominique Wilkins. Uh, that was a cigar you had discontinued, well, not discontinued. It had finished its run, but you're bringing it back. I heard somewhere. Is that correct? Yeah. So we had this uh, almost like a last minute opportunity with the All-Star Games. Uh, I yeah. got the phone call from Dominique. So the, MX the concept of the MXS was to have to be sort of a almost like a, a sort of a Las Caravelas for us, you know, mm -hmm. uh, which would be like, like what one time, once a year we launch and, and we sell just through that year. So we don't, don't sell it anymore. So you have like the 2019, that was the Tiago Spear, 2020 Dominique, 2020, we got Adrian Gonzalez. And uh, we, uh, that's how we, we thought the, the product, you know, like the, the right. market for, for the product. But that, that blend of the Dominique Wilkins is probably one of the most uh, acclaimed, you know, like it seems like people really like that blend and the, the Adrian now too. Uh, so I got this phone call from Dominique. He's saying, hey, man, I, I'm, I'm going to be the, uh, the coach for the, the, the celebrity team. You know, they have that kind of celebrity game before the, the all-star uh, stuff. And also, you know, there'll be the 75, uh, the top 75, the 75 year of, of the NBA. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I'm in the committee, I'll be there. And I think for the first time, the NBA is willing to actually have a tobacco product 
as one of the the sponsors for uh, you know for the Legends Lounge for uh, for some activations that they have there. Right. So they they're willing to associate their brand with with the cigar company. And I said, man, I think that's a great opportunity. Why why not doing something? And then we partnered with the Luxury Cigar Club, and we got like this. Uh, I think it was a five thousand run, you know, for for luxury, and then we had about another. I don't know, 2000, maybe at the, at the all-star and it was all like, you know, free, uh, free cigars for whoever, uh, was attending, of course, was, was coming to all these activations in this, the, the lounge and, and, and basically it was like for the players, for the, the, their families, for, uh, for people who were involved in the organization. Uh, and you know, it was a great, uh, great opportunity. You know, people love the cigar. And now we are we are discussing about the the concept of the brands, you know. Before we move forward to really uh, do like a, a heavy launch uh, or relaunch of that of that specific blend, we, we really want to think through and see what we're gonna do with the with the MXS. We are we are we're still uh, uncertain about the future of, of, of the brand. Not that we're gonna discontinue, but should we maybe launch a 2022 now? Because we do have the blends ready, uh, or should we maybe uh, give continuation to existing uh, blends and names that we have association with? Um, so that's something that we still uh, we still working on. I what I like to say about the MXS is this is not a celebrity cigar, and uh -huh. if, you, if you smoke them, you understand. Like we, it's the the blend is extremely consistent. The production is very consistent. It's always the that same taste profile, that same tobacco. We put a lot of effort. Again, going back to the, the beginning of the show, man, uh, we we don't have different tiers. You know, like what we make for Crown Heads, what we make for the MXS, what we make for the Luciano, we try to do our best into everything we do. So I will give an example. In my opinion, it's personal, like, again, personal taste. For me, the, the Adrian Gonzalez was the best blend that came out of our factory in 2021. But again, it's it's underrated. It's underrated because uh, it didn't get didn't get the same uh, you know level of consumption distribution that some other some other brands that uh, we succeed much more you know. But in ter in terms of taste profile, for me, it's one of the it's it's one of the best cigars that came out in 2021. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, the Adrian Gonzalez. Uh, I know Bear was in love with that cigar. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Uh, so has Miguel asked you, hey, about Cincinnati Reds or cigar? I'm sure he's gonna ask you about that. Yeah. If he hasn't already, <laughs> <laughs> he would love that. Uh, but uh, but no, it's uh, um, I, I the Dominique was my favorite of the three, uh, for sure. Uh -huh. That was the, that was the San Andreas. Um, yeah, and I thought that was a a great a great cigar with that. Um, which uh, like I said, um, it seems like it's had. I think what hurt you with Adrian Gonzalez was was the pandemic. Unfortunately, I think that really hurt it. Yeah, and you know, Adrian that, never never had the opportunity to launch that cigar. You know? That's why I was going with that. Yeah, yeah we were supposed to launch that cigar at, at PCA uh, last year, and then Adrian got uh, he got called to play for the uh, the Olympics. You know, with uh, with Mexico. Right. Uh, so he he ended up leaving uh, California because he has the Mexican citizenship too. Although he's he was born in the United States, but he has family in Mexico. So he got the citizenship there. He got called to play for the, in the Olympics. And then he said, man, I can't make it, you know, cannot miss this opportunity. And, and he was about to retire. So he, uh, 
and then we couldn't launch. And even without the, the launch, again, it's been a blessing, but we can't, right. complain, we can't complain about uh, the amazing job that, that uh, Miguel was doing with distribution. So we have that agent yeah. of I've seen everywhere, maybe not the same volume of sales that we have with Fiat Lux and, uh, and with, you know, the, the Mildias and, and, you know, the Crownhead stuff, you know, but we see, we see it everywhere. So it's available, you know, people can find them. We, we still manufacturing them, you know, and, and, and shipping. So I think it's a great cigar. And by the way, I think Adrian has like an event this weekend here at his house and uh, there'll, there'll be some interesting uh, things happening this weekend uh, around his, uh, his cigar there. Oh, that's, that's good. You know, the, yeah. um, the, I may be wrong on this, but I thought like Adrian had to wait. Well, baseball players have to wait to retire before they can promote a tobacco product, if I'm not mistaken. I thought I heard that somewhere before. I don't know if that's the case. Like the major, no, they had a reply from Major League Baseball before what they do that. I have no idea. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I could be wrong. Agent, agent, you know, he was promoting even when he was playing, and uh, I could be I, wrong on that. Then, yeah, I even went down to uh, to uh, Guadalajara to watch him play, and even like TV was promoting because in Mexico, apparently, you know, it's it's okay there. Even TV was promoting, taking pictures with the boxes and everything. Yep. And also, uh, even back here too, you know, like we have like a nice banner of him with the cigar box, and he does have some juice with the Dodgers, I guess, because he he's wearing Dodgers uniform and everything. Yeah, yeah, for sure, yeah. for sure. Um, so it's like I said, it's, it's a it's always a good thing to see that. And like I said, I think these uh these they're all different. You know, like the the Tiago, um, uh, I think it's an underrated cigar. I, I love the um, I still have some robustos. And uh, just just uh, enjoy. There's, enjoy there's, an interesting, there's an interesting discussion about uh, tobacco too, which is something that we never talked about. Okay. Uh, just like grapes, just like wine, some grapes are meant to be aged for longer. Some grapes are, are meant to be aged for a shorter period of time. Like if you drink like a, a good Malbec, uh, you're going to notice that the Malbec has a very thick bottle and a very kind of tall cork because they want to prevent uh, oxidation at all costs because that grape is not supposed to age too much. You know, you, you would drink a Malbec between three to seven years. If it's more than that, you start losing flavor to a point where the wine is just no good at all. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you have grapes like, uh, you know, uh, the, the regional, right? What they grow in Bordeaux, which goes with Pinot, with uh, Petit Verdot, those grapes, the smaller grapes that require less water, for some reason, they age for 100 years. So what happens in a cigar then? You have leaves. I can get that, uh, that Sumatra with this low prime that you are, because I know that seed that you're smoking right now, or the, the one I'm smoking right now, and I can ferment this for 10 years. It will never get dark. Never. And most likely uh, will become almost like a paper, you know, no, no flavor whatsoever after uh, some time. So some tobaccos are meant to be aged, some are not. So why, you know, cigars change over time. Like some, some cigars, they seem to get better after five years, 10 years, 15 years. It's basically because one of the tobaccos inside is fading away and another tobacco is most likely becoming more predominant, which change, changes the, how, you, how you perceive the cigar. So... A lot of people forget that 
in especially in the new world cigar what we make in nicaragua dominican uh, we use tobaccos from different varietals from different regions and they behave different over time so that explains why some cigars get stronger and yep, why yep. some cigars get milder why some some of them become more floral it's just because there is a variation in how they behave with oxidation with the oxygen yeah no i definitely have observed that for sure um uh i, I like i said I love, I love going back and smoking aged cigars and some wow me and some don't it just it's a natural thing yeah. uh, and that makes sense with that um yeah like i just said it was a question in the chat i want to ask and it actually ties in because i want to talk about like some maybe areas of your portfolio that could be not gaps but things that you may want to fill in uh with some profiles but there was a question and i'm, I'm kind of really curious what your answer on this one about mm -hmm. you making a candela cigar and any thoughts on that? Because I'm, I'm just, I'm fascinated with all the science you're talking about and this, this bioscience around the, around the product. And, you know, that would be something interesting. I don't know if it's something you ever would consider because I know people have polarizing views of Candela. So I'll say this. And I also learned that with Arsenio. When you don't know something, just say you don't know. Mm -hmm. I've never blended with Candela. Mm -hmm. never even tried right i smoked candela before i i can't get uh i can't get i can't get anything that actually draws me towards using candela mixed with other tobacco when i smoke like when i smoke the wrapper by itself i dislike it a lot uh but again i never go by what i dislike in a one single leaf because that leaf when combined with something else can become something extraordinary but I, 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 I never tried. I just don't know the tobacco well. You know, I, I don't know how to play with well. I see a lot of people just using for 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 gimmick. They want to. They want that kind of right. This artwork outside, which I respect. I think that's why I asked you. The, that's why I wanted to ask that question because I know you wouldn't do that. You know, yeah, I, just, I just yeah. don't do it because I don't know it. Maybe yeah. they think that one day I'll learn how to do it. So I'll, I'll give an example. I, I I know how to work with broadleaf, for example. Okay, broadleaf in Mexico, but one of the things I, I, I notice over the years is that broadleaf is the easiest cigar to make. It's the easiest cigar to make. Basically, anything you wrap with broadleaf, broadleaf masks a lot of, I mean, it hides a lot of sins. Yeah. It's like you can use like cheap under-fermented tobacco. For some, for some reason, the type of yeasts that are present in the broadleaf not only have that kind of unique flavor, but I also have perfect combustion. You know, one is fully fermented. When it's fully fermented, the combustion of the, the wrapper is amazing, you know? And, uh, and it just masks almost everything. Like Mexico does a little bit too. So I think the broadleaf, he brings notes that if you just smoke, and I'm, I'm saying this because I'm working with broadleaf now, we did Le Patissier, and now we're doing a new line that, that has broadleaf. We bought, uh, tons of broadleaf now. And what I notice about that wrapper is if you don't use anything that will create a contrast for that wrapper, it becomes just like another one. Mm. Like, to be quite honest, it, for me, it's like smoking, uh, you know, the new Cubans now. Like everything tastes the same. So it's it's hard for you to get a broadleaf that really stands out. Oh, this is a broadleaf, tastes amazing. Yeah, broadleaf tastes good, you know? It, it, it tastes good, I, I, I agree. 
but then it's it's that same kind of one-dimensional thing that everybody's making out there. You know, I I I think the challenge is how how create a broadleaf a cigar that has a broadleaf wrapper, a broadleaf binder that will somehow be different. They'll be uh, they'll kind of you know spark different parts of your brain. Will make you uh, uh, will make you a little more uh, intrigued. So that's the that's the challenge, you know. I gave you a hint about the double binders. So, you know, those, those are things that I think <laughs> right. they work really well with with broadleaf if you know how to to use them. Yeah, no, you that's in, that's interesting. Yeah, and then you you can be a little more creative. But I answer your question, bro. I I really I can't say anything about candela. What I say, what I see is, I smoke candela. I don't taste anything like candela because they use like little stripes here and there because they like to make the artwork on the cigar. I think it sometimes it's beautiful. They do. I mean, there's some definitely artesian. And, uh, you know, um, and I do know people who love candela, like uh, Dave Burke, the guy we work with in Australia. He's a, he's a candela freak, this guy. He, he huh? loves candela. Me, it's hit or miss. It's like any hit or miss uh, with it. So sometimes I like it, sometimes I don't. So um, yeah, I again, I I'm very curious. I would love to talk to people who love candela and try to understand what exactly they are uh, they feel when they smoke. Because uh, I listen a lot to this, I try to kind of get different uh, different reactions, and I, I would love to understand more and maybe learn and maybe in the future we use. Uh, right now, uh, nothing has attracted me, but that doesn't mean that in the future I won't. Sure. No, that's understandable. Mm -hmm. it, you know, you have a nice portfolio right now. You have multiple brands, you have different lines, you have different SKUs in there. Is there anything right now you think your portfolio needs that you'd like to fill in or you're thinking about filling in? Is there, is there like one area you say, you know, maybe I want a milder cigar or a powerhouse cigar or, or a certain size. Is there anything that comes to mind that you think your portfolio needs right now? Listen, I was very tempted to kind of uh, fill the market with some limited series, because uh, see a lot of companies doing that. Uh, but I, I am fully convinced that we should always invest in core lines. And I think uh, this year we are coming. We are very kind of, uh, in my opinion, powerful core new core line, which will add more uh, more weight to our to our portfolio. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I want to continue to invest in those core lines. Of course, you know, we can do this, some special sizes, maybe play right. with the wrappers like we, we did for Crown Heads with Mar Maranitos. Uh, but I, I'm very much inclined to invest uh, uh, more in core lines. We do have good core lines, but if you pay attention, that portfolio is not that big. Like we have, I think of core lines, we had the Dreamer, we had the Fiat Lux, and we have the, the Pichardo uh, Classico. Uh, those are our main core lines right now, uh, where we have four different sizes. We have, well, in the, the Petrado, we have two sizes, but uh, on the Fiat Lux and the Dreamer, we have four different sizes. So we are launching our core line at the trade show that has four different sizes. And what is interesting about this core line is that uh, we are, uh, we invested a lot of time into trying to truly blend in a way that that cigar has almost like a, a, a neutral pH where you can taste a lot of flavor and pairs with uh, certain wines. So mm -hmm. that's that's the whole goal. And you guys probably saw the, the, the was kind of inserted into the press release of the Dreamer mm -hmm. last time. You know, we'll have a wine called the Dreamer, uh, but also there's a new wine that our vineyard, it's uh, 
launched actually a year ago. And at the time that that cigar was launched was when you start working in the blend. So it's been a year into that cigar blend. And I think one of the most difficult things is to blend cigars with wine. I think everybody talks about it. Everybody says, oh, I'm having a wine with a cigar. And I think to myself, well, what kind of pairing he's doing? Because it's so hard. Yeah, I uh, agree. And we, we went everywhere. Uh, you know, we tried everything to, to, uh, to make sure that that cigar truly is a standalone cigar. It's a cigar that people will enjoy without anything. Uh, but it's a cigar that when they, when they have with a certain types of wine, they will, they will just kind of uh, have a completely different experience. Yeah, I think it's tough. I mean, there's only really about two brands that come to mind have done it well. Um, and, and one of them is Epernay with, with Dion, for sure, with the champagne. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's it, 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 I found it's tough to do it. Uh, and I used to like some of the stuff out of Chinook Solas a lot, which did it also nicely. Um, yeah. But, yeah, so it, I, I think it's a tough thing. Um, PCA exclusives. Mm -hmm. And I think one thing I want to compliment – and we'll. Uh, you know, we could talk a little about this too. Is I was a little overall disappointed with the PCA exclusive program last year, mm -hmm. but not with Ace Prime and Crown Heads. I think you guys did what needed to be done with the PCA exclusives with with, with the Sergeant Le PCA. Mm -hmm. Um, talk about how you approached the PCA exclusive project because I I, I don't I don't want to put you on the spot here. The, my opinion was a lot of people just checked the box to bring a cigar to the show which I understand they wanted to do, but, but there was a lot of thought, I think, put into these cigars as PCA exclusive. And I'm like, that's what, that's what I would expect out of a PCA exclusive. Um, whether you like the cigar or not, that's going to be up to your profile, but at least it's something I think that I say, well, you know what? You want to be at the show for these cigars, in my opinion. So uh, first of all, I'll, I'll, I'll repeat what I said before. We don't have different tiers in our portfolio. Right. So for me, so making the cigar for, for the PCA, I'm doing my best. Right. So I'm blending the best I can blend and try. And usually when, when it comes to specials like that, I blend in a size that's going to be released. Right. So what happened with the Sergeant is that that cigar was blended in a 58 gauge, which I normally don't do. Right. Uh, and, and in my opinion, that's why it worked, you know, because, uh, you know, bigger Bitolas is not easy for you to expand to. Mm -hmm. uh, but again, I think the Le Patissier, uh, you know, John did that, that amazing job with all the marketing and everything and, and, uh, and picking the blend. I gave him several options. So he picked the, the, that, that one. And we, I, I always think, and I think John thinks the same way, we got to make something for, uh, for the PCA special that can eventually in the future become a core line. Right. You know, uh, I, uh, I thought about doing the core line with the Sergeant in different sizes, of course. I wouldn't because exclusive is exclusive. So I don't want right. to go back and, and, and now say, oh, it's not an exclusive anymore. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but definitely expanding sizes, maybe creating different, different, uh, you know, different sizes of that cigar. It's something that I always have in the back of my head. I think this year will be really special for Ace Prime because uh, I don't want to give too much right now, but uh, this year I'm probably putting one of my most emotional projects. The ones that kind of comes from, uh, from uh, you know, deep inside, you know, comes from uh, from revisiting feelings and, and important memories, things that occurrences in my life. So the story behind the the cigar, uh, it was very spiritual, in a sense that I, I try to translate into the flavor what I feel 
about that specific topic or story mm -hmm. that uh, that soon will be told. And you, you, you'll be getting like a press release very soon about that one. And we're going to release first the PCA and then the core line uh, probably a week later. So for me this year, my PCA special, it's, it's truly special. Yes. Answering that question. Nice. So the sergeant, right, which I, uh, I really enjoyed the sergeant. Mm -hmm. Is that something that's one and done? Is that something that people can continue to get? We'll be back at the PCA this year. I understand you may have something different. But I'm just curious about the 2021 version uh, that you released for the PCA uh, because, you know, it, you know, was a cigar. That, I think it was a good cigar, in my opinion. So something I would like to see back. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, there's some conversations. Again, when you work with an alliance, you have to be able to compromise and wait for the timing. We do have a certain amount of cigars we can launch per year. We cannot just kind of come up with things all the time. Right. Otherwise, this kind of overwhelms all the sales force. And I respect a lot what Miguel do. So uh, whatever he says, I, I take by the by heart because he uh, he knows his shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I think uh, the sergeant has a potential to become a, a, a core line one day. I think there's, we have some uh, some ideas to maybe work with some exclusives outlets for, for that specific um, mm -hmm. brand which we are uh, still uh, thinking and, and examining the poss some possibilities. But, um, but yeah, no, no news yet when it comes to, to the Sarge. I like that blend too. I think actually I would change a couple things on the construction. Uh, I like the way it is, but I think it can get better. Yeah, that's a good, that's, a, that's an honest answer too. But I, yeah, um, I, like I said, I enjoyed that size a lot. Um, that's, is that the largest ring you've done in Ace Prime to date? In, in Ace Prime, uh, in Ace Prime, yes. Like yeah, this, okay. the, the largest Pitola. Like this okay. year, we'll have actually uh, because of you, Coop. I'll have a six by sixty. Thank you, <laughs> <laughs> Bear. There you go, Bear. <laughs> That's for you. I thought of you. No, oh, I, baby. No, uh, I, I can't. I can't say it was for you, but I. I you thought of me that. at least. Oh, yeah, I, I appreciate I, the afterthought. Yeah. Even you know, you know how how occurrences like reinforce some thoughts. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. I remember, like sitting, you know, sitting down myself and thinking like about sizes. So you know, no, actually, a crown has don't have any any uh, six by sixes. Um, again, going back to the challenges, you know, everybody says, okay, large bitolas are nice. People, people buy because they think, you know, that there's a value to, but then at the end, you don't get much flavor. So you know what? I'm going to try to make the six by 60 fully full of flavor. <laughs> That's the goal. Uh, no. And Jay just gave us a Dallas Mavericks update. So we have to thank the Dallas Mavericks for their participation in the NBA playoffs. They're out. The Golden uh, State's back in the finals. So. So thank you, Jay Davis, for the scoring update because I don't have the TV on here right now. Um, back to the factory, just a couple of things I wanted to hit more. You know, there was a line of cigars that um, we interviewed the folks from ATL Cigars. Mm -hmm. And you've done a couple, now you're doing a couple of blends for them now. Um, and as you know, you mentioned you do do cigars for other people. ATL is a small brand out of Atlanta. Um, they've gained some traction definitely in the Southeast for sure. Um, but the question is here, what is the criteria you have when you produce a, a blend for someone else? Because I, you, know, you told us the criteria you have for that. I'm assuming it's the same criteria you would do 
it's something that you would put in your own line. Is that something wrong? I mean, I think that's what I would say with that. Saying. So all, yeah. all these two blends we did for ATL are blends that I'll put in my own products, in my, yeah. in my own lines. Yeah. Um, and I know that this is not true with many other manufacturers, but I think um, if I'm going to embrace a project, I have right. to be full in, you know? So I'll tell you, it's a fun story because you guys will, will laugh about this. Uh, so I got this phone call from Skip Martin. Skip Martin calls me and says, hey, <laughs> hey man, there's this guys, man, they're, they're super cool. And hey, they, uh, they want to they wanna make a cigar with us. We just cannot produce right now. We have a lot of things on our plate. And I said, you should be the, the guy to do it. Could you do me a favor and do the cigar? You know, this is a friend of mine asking a favor. I'll, I'll, make, I'll make the cigars and, you know. So those guys, they come over to Nicaragua. Well, first of all, I got this phone call from, uh, from this guy, from, from Peter. Peter, yeah. yeah. And, then, and then Peter is like, oh, man, I, we, we really would like to kind of make a cigar with you. And, uh, you know, what you do, it's a blah, blah, blah. And say, okay, man, come over. Let's, let's, uh, let's get to know each other, right? So they, they get to Esteli. And the, the minute I, I see these guys, something connected, right? It was like, man, these guys have a good heart. They are good people. Then I found out that Leroy has uh, this kind of uh, nonprofit work that he works mm -hmm. uh, that helps like people, uh, you know, people from the streets and people from the, uh, they are there in the streets of Atlanta and stuff. I said, man, there's something special about these guys. I invited them to set my house. Like they're supposed to go to a hotel. So, you know, right. over to my house, blah, blah. And then I found their lives fascinating. We just became friends. This is even before blending or anything. So they're, right. they're just there because they wanted to come and visit and see it. Right. So then I got a, then while they're there, I got a phone call from a guy who says, hey, uh, I'm not going to mention a name. I'm, I'm friends with Skip and Skip told me that you could help me, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then I'm like, what the f yeah so i thought these guys were the ones so i call it skip 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 so man there's something wrong happening here i got this guys from atl do you know who they are no i <laughs> <laughs> so uh what happened was this huge coincidence you know but normally you know it would be hard for me to to do that but then i just kind of interact with these guys and i found about their stories and i uh, I see, you know, that they had like a purpose, they had a meaning, and, and I think you guys know me enough to to know that uh, that's kind of what drives yeah. me, you know, yeah. and uh, a lot of people think that uh, I'm in this business because of the of the money, and, and you guys know a little bit of my story, you know, it's not, it's not that, it's not what drives me uh, here, we, we started 15 years ago without that mindset, and that and still i don't have that mindset this is this is truly uh my passion and part of who i am it's part of my dna is, is what i want to do for the rest of my life so uh we connected and that's the only the only answer we connected and then uh we we uh we made that the first product i think it was ma uh, magic yeah right? yeah and, and they do the black with them, the black. blend of the black, yeah. Yeah, the black was good. They, uh, Peter actually sent me the black. I was impressed with the, the new blend of the black. Yeah, the black does one tobacco that we never used before. So, I, wow. again, trying to do our, our best for everybody. 
So is that the criteria for what, like if someone comes to you and says they want to work with you, you just have to feel that you guys are kind of on the same wavelength. There's a connection there. And it's right. not just, you're just taking, taking in straight cats to make blends for, right? You, you have to have something where you feel like you guys are on the same page and they have a sim similar vision to what you have and what you want to be able to produce for them. Listen, uh, it's a complicated question because uh, I'm going to differentiate what is like store specials and, and versus, uh, you know, a private label who wants to create a cigar brand and stuff. I see a lot of people that just kind of, they're cigar lovers. They want to, they all, everybody dreams about creating their own brand. And, yeah. and um, I tend to kind of avoid that. Uh, and not, not because I, I discourage people to do it. I think it's nice to have new brands, new, new people coming to the market. But I think, I just feel like there's a lot of people coming to this industry for, for wrong reasons. Mm -hmm. And that maybe that I create that kind of defensive mechanism of, of kind of avoiding because uh, this, this business is so full of vanity. Yeah. And I, I've never, ever called myself a master blender. This is not a title that you give to yourself. Right. You know, you have to be recognized and people call you. Yeah. And then I see these guys who kind of, you know, just, uh, just created a brand and they said that they went to the Steli and visited a couple of <laughs> farms and now they, they, they call themselves master blenders. Yeah. Uh, I have, uh, I have maybe probably one or two people that I can, that I call master blenders because they are masters for me. Uh, when people call me that, I feel extremely embarrassed and I feel like I don't deserve the title, you know, and that's how I think everybody should feel about that. This is not a title that you, you, you cannot out-designate yourself uh, right. uh, yeah. a blender. You know, there's, there's no such a thing or, and I respect people who does the, the, the whole, like, uh, you know, sommelier, which I don't like mm -hmm. that, thing, but the, 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 the university of tobacco, because they're just searching knowledge. They're trying to understand how to perceive flavor uh, but again, you cannot go at the end of this course and say, oh, now I'm a master blender. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work like that, you know, and, and as much as it can sound sometimes even arrogant, the truth is you can train eight hours a day. I'm talking about you, Aaron. You can train eight hours yep. a day. You can exercise and, and I don't know, lift twice your weight. You can run like a, I don't know, a bullet. You're never going to be Michael Jordan, dude. Exactly. Yeah. There's no way. So people are wired different. People have yeah. different capacities. People have different talents. I would never be able to write the way Coop writes. Yeah. You know, I can train. I can maybe force myself and I can kind of, you know, try to, uh, to overcome some, some of my uh, limitations. Uh, but you, you're not going to be it, you know, like yeah. some people are built with the capacity of being super tasters or being mm -hmm. able to combine things. I cannot be a Guy Fieri and yeah. be a, and be a, and be a, you know, a chef of, 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 of that level or, or iron chef. Those guys have some special gifts mm -hmm. and that's why they're chefs. Yeah. So it's not because you cook at your house and you love to eat <laughs> that you, you suddenly became a, a master chef. Yeah. You know? So I try to, when I sit uh, but when I see talent, I love to encourage people, you know, mm -hmm. uh, because I had people back in the days who kind of, who, who mentored me, you know, I, I'll be I've always, always mentioned, man, Arsenio Ramos, uh, Ernesto Carrillo, Radio Pichardo. Uh, these guys, uh, uh, you know, are, are, are ingrained in my, in my soul, like of who I, who I am, who I became, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, if I see this, this, this kind of a legitimate, you know, 
desire because my, my grandpa used to say they all have three images right what we think we are right people think we are and yeah. who we are yeah once you align these three images so a hap the happier you are because actually mm -hmm. what people see is 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 true right yeah they sometimes this kind of uh um all they call it a uh it's dissonant, like, you know, these images are not aligned. So you see yeah. a lot of people that think things of themselves, right? They're just not reality. That's not how they, they, that's not how people see them. And it's not who they are, but mm -hmm. they think, and they truly believe that they have certain capacities and the opposite right. is true. And actually more common when people actually don't recognize their own value, they think yeah. they're less than what they truly are. Um, I think the challenge is when I see someone who understands is if you understand your own capacity, you search for, you search for a mentor. You say, listen, right. man, I can run. I can run and I can throw, I can throw balls. Yeah. Please help me, mm -hmm. you know? So if you have that kind of self-awareness, you find that mentor and that mentor will help you, you know? Yeah. Uh, I think, I'll give an example, the ATL. I think those guys have a vocation to be relational, mm -hmm. to understand yeah. people. And, and I think this industry needs people that are relational. Pete has a very good palate and Leroy too. And they have a potential to, to create something really nice, you know? And I'm, I'm weird that way, man. A lot of, I know many friends of mine, actually I got criticized recently because of that. Uh, they, uh, they like, you know, they are all like defensive, like, oh, they, these are competitors. Why are you, why are you, post, why are you posting this? Why are you, why, you know, why are you with this guy? You know, he's hey. said, dude, uh, I'm, I'm, I, I don't believe in that shit. I don't yeah. believe in it. So one day we had these guys doing like a documentary in Esteli. So they, they kind of show up at our, our, our factory and they start interviewing some of our employees. And then uh, one of the, one of the buncheros, one of the bunchers uh, was kind of answering questions. And the, the, the girl asked him like, you know, what's your dream? He said, my dream is to have my factory. Mm -hmm. And then the guy that was next to him started cracking up and laughing and, and, and you know, and, and basically, you know, saying, yeah, come on, you know, you're never going to have your factory. Right. And I, I look at that guy and, and now, unfortunately, he's not with us anymore because he decided to cross the border. But mm -hmm. he uh, he was uh, he became a supervisor. Then he became the manager. I was grooming him to mm -hmm. one day learn how to run a factory. Right. That excites me. And if I think if everybody does that, you know, this industry will get much better. Sure. So this uh, competition is important. Uh, you know, having uh, having a, a competition to kind of elevate the quality of things mm -hmm. and always be a dispute for the market. We, we can do that. But that's something different about our industry, man. I, I, I don't believe, you know, in that kind of animosity, you know, right. sometimes I see. And that's why when you went to talk to to uh, to Alan Rubin, when you went to Alec Bradley, so we are good friends, man. Like you yeah. know, I love that man. I love his kids. Uh, we 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 talked a lot. You know, sometimes we were always exchanging text messages, and sometimes I get messages. By the way, Alan Rubin was the first text message I got when our cigar got the number twelve of Cigar Ficcionado. He was my first phone call from everybody nice you know so that 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 shows that this interest can be much more elevated than 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 it is and then what people think 
Mm-hmm. If we have that type of mentality and we celebrate each other's victories, yeah. you know, uh, of course there'll be the you know there are limits. We will all do our thing. How many times I, I I'll tell another story. We were like in Phoenix last year, and I was doing an event at Pudo, and that same night Don Lasuka and Nish Patel they were playing golf together during the day. I don't play golf. They they invite me. I could I, I said I don't play golf. I can go smoke cigars, but I have other <laughs> things. That's what I do. By the way, I'm the same way. So, but but those guys those guys show up to my events. Nice. You know, and, and if I am, uh, you know, if I'm type of guy who get upset with, with sharing, you know, uh, attention, yeah. come on, we're talking about two, <laughs> two major uh, manufacturers, but they're close uh, friends of mine. I said, man, yeah. let's tell me. And we sat together at the same table yeah. and I was selling my cigars and they're smoking my cigars. I was smoking their cigars in my event. Mm-hmm. So I know it, it, maybe it's not so common, but I, that's how I'm wired, man. I, I, I like to, Again, going back to the initial conversation, you know, you gotta be yourself, dude. Yeah. I'm not gonna change my friendships because you disliked a, a post I make or. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, it's good. That's I'm very good. sorry. No, it's good. Um, I got one more question, then we get two shorter segments. I promise. Um, the foundation, you kind of touched on it. Uh, any updates out of the foundation? What's going on with it? And yeah. maybe, so you know, for we, folks who may not know about it, you could talk about that too. We keep we keep working. You know, I mean, I I like to I like to say that our our job with the foundation is a job that I wish I wasn't doing it because we're doing it because it's an emergency. You know, mm-hmm. I think if everybody does their jobs, uh, and they and they give a minimal of of uh, of dignity to people. Uh, this type of effort wouldn't be necessary. And unfortunately it is. So I, I can't, we change a little bit of our approach. I, I can tell that we're doing way more than we were doing before, but we're doing silently. So uh, we, we're working uh, with own resources and some partners that have uh, show interest and are, and are seeing what we are doing there. But I'm, I'm working in, and my wife is actually getting more and more involved too trying to find ways to create uh, more sustainability when it comes to kind of get people out of that kind of poverty cycle where they, you know, uh, they almost like are, are destined to. I think the always uh, is slow, very, very slow. Um, but like a friend of mine said, you know, if everybody in the city decided to double the salary of the employees, that would affect maybe 30 cents in a cigar. You know, that's, that's how, how easy it is to help them. But at the same time, if I go in and, and do that, then nobody will buy tobacco from me, you know, and, and uh, it, it would be very hard for me to buy tobacco as well. So there is a, there is, we have to play some politics sometimes and, and walk slow and try to provoke change by inspiring people to change, by change their mentalities. Um, I hope that Ace Prime can be a beacon of light where uh, it will inspire people to just do something different. And, I, and, I, and we have so much to do, man. I mean, I'm not saying that we are perfect, far from that. I wish I, we could do more uh, and we have to kind of balance where, where we can actually keep that sustainability of growth at the same time, you know, never compromise the values that we have and what we believe in. So, but answer your question objectively, the, the foundation is still there. Uh, we still partner with uh, with the Exodus Road, which is this uh, org- organization that's focusing. Although they're focusing uh, human trafficking uh, all over the world, they they decided to kind of uh, help us with their platform 
they're really well connected with different governments all over the world. They work hand to hand with the U.S. State Department, so they're a credible company, uh, in, uh, you know, uh, nonprofit. So they are the ones who are responsible for uh, basically, uh, you know, uh, handling the, the the funds that are not coming from our factory. So I mean, we did that on purpose. We we don't want to kind of mix, uh, you know, uh, our own efforts with uh, what it's, you know, being done by uh, by other people. And uh, we are, uh, you know, I'm very happy to work with people who are not searching alkylates. You know, they're, they're, they're really there because they want to help. They don't want to be recognized. They don't want to get a, uh, their name into the wall of, of, of the, the daycare that we are building there. They just want to help. They just want to see people better. And that's the type of partnerships that we are looking for. People that are really uh, interested. And one of the things that I do a lot too, and... Uh, recently, unfortunately, I didn't have a chance to do with some of our visitors, but if, one of the conditions for you to come and visit our factory is that you have to see the reality of people that work in Nicaragua. So usually, uh, if, if you come to spend a week and uh, we're going to give you the tour, you're going to visit the farms, you're going to come and visit the factory, but maybe uh, Wednesday, I'll take you to uh, one of the very kind of rural areas like, you know, uh, Jalapa. I'll give, or get you to the slams of uh, Esteli, like the places where it, there is extreme poverty. Uh, and I want people to see it, see the reality, see what's behind the, the story. You know, uh, again, um, a story is not a true story if there's no truth. So, you know, we got to see the reality. And the, this reality, it's everywhere in Central America and Latin America. And we shouldn't be ashamed of, of showing and, and really uh, uh, presenting to, to the consumers that reality, you know. So we're there, man, just kind of keeping, we, we, we are working really hard to uh, do better and better day by day. And uh, unfortunately, we see like families that were like in, in terrible situations, uh, getting out of the, those situations. We're trying to kind of get people jobs. Sometimes they are not skilled to work in the tobacco. If we can help you know, them finding jobs in the textile or finding jobs into local businesses, uh, try to get them you know, a, a better situation that they are. But unfortunately, there's still uh, people who are uh, not very much uh, pro, uh, I don't even know how to say this. There's just people that don't have a heart, man. <laughs> that's true. That's, that's, true. The, that's the reality. That's true. But and by the way, I wanna I wanna really uh command what Nestor and Replacense is doing. That guy is changing uh, a lot Nicaragua. Well, his father, but he, he took to he took, he took to a different level. Mm -hmm. You know, like and he has the means to, so he's he's doing a great job. He treats his people with dignity and you see that he's getting better and better in doing it nice. there's That's many good. good guys you know i like i like to say the majority are good guys yeah, yeah. Oh, that's good to hear aaron anything else on brands or anything we didn't hit with luciano with that no i think we covered it okay so luciano yeah. i want a couple of things uh and we gotta do a, a like i said the rest of the stuff shorter i promise um so I know you've been in the car a long time, so let me set it up. This is good. I love, I love it. No, okay. no, no hurry. Okay, great. Appreciate it. So this is our cattle baron steak question of the night. This is related to steak. And this is a new question I'm going to pose to you. Uh, Brazilian steakhouses 
Are you a fan of Brazilian steakhouses? Yes or no? And why? Well, it has to be just a yes or no. <laughs> you can expand on however you like. Do whatever you, you can answer this however you want. No, my, my answer is I like good Brazilian steakhouses. Yes. yes. Now, the caveat here is that there aren't many. That's where I was kind of going with that. Yeah. There is, there is a lot of Brazilian steakhouses, but there aren't many good ones. And I'll highlight one that call, it's called Shima or Shimas, I think, mm. out of Fort Lauderdale, Florida. For me, it's the best steakhouse in the country right now. Uh, Brazilian mm. steakhouse. We have one in Charlotte. We have a uh, Shima Charlotte. steakhouse in Charlotte. Yes. Yeah. It's new then. It must be new. Yeah, I just Googled it real quick okay. as you said that. Yeah. There you go. Wow. So I, I don't know. I, don't I know gotta how check this out. Start, but that one is really, really good, man. I, I so I used to go to the regional, the first Fogo de Chão, in in Brazil, uh -huh. and, they, and, the, and that restaurant's still there. But then this investment fund bought it, and then now I think they have completely different ownerships all over the world. And there's I don't know hundreds and hundreds of Fogo de Chão, and they I mean the quality went really downhill. Uh, I don't like Texas, the Brazil. I don't like that kind of stuff. So. I, I'm very picky when it comes to the Brazilian steakhouses, and I, I love Schumann's. So my answer is yes, a good one. There you go. There you go. All right. So let's get into what we are smoking tonight. And what we are smoking tonight is always brought to you by Tailored Smoke, located in the heart of downtown Charlotte's Epicenter and outside the Charlotte Motor Speedway in Concord, North Carolina. Tailored Smoke is your one-stop shop for tailored smoking experience. So I'll start it off, then we'll go to Aaron, because I know I want to really get into it Aaron. so i just finished up uh luciano the dreamer mm -hmm. lancero um it's a it's an excellent lancero i love the the chocolate notes that you, you talked about it's countered by some great baker's spice i think you've used the peruvian tobacco exactly the way i like it where it imparts just enough sweetness it's kind of um sometimes i've had it where it's too heavy that sweetness but i think it balances it all out this, this was a really good Lancero. I, I pretty much nubbed it. Um, excellent construction. And, you know, you've talked a lot about the draw on it. Uh, it's a Lancero I'd absolutely go back to uh, and smoke again. Um, and I'm picky on my Lanceros, as people know. So uh, really enjoyed that. And I'm actually now I just lit up the Fiat Lux. So, yeah, I just lit up my Fiat Lux. Thank you very much. Yeah. So I, I'm smoking the Traveler. Haven't smoked the cigar for over a year. And I had no idea that this was still available in, in, in that store. <laughs> and again, if you want to get the traveler, I'm I, I'm doing the I'm not I'm not kind of merging for them. It's just that <laughs> just that is a fact. So I just came from there, visit the store. There's five boxes sitting there. So it's the honey pot. So if you want to try the traveler, you never had the traveler that has 100% of Pillow de Oro, the Peruvian tobacco with this very special binder that we grow and the Sumatra wrapper that we grow. Go there and try. This was actually, uh, we sold out that cigar. I think we did 60,000 of them. And uh, that cigar was expensive. I think it was $17. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So make sure you get it. It's available there. And I'm sure, uh, I'm not sure if they have a website. I think they do. Just try Ambassador Cigars. You'll, you'll find them. Yep. They're, they're, they're a, a kind of well-known store. Yes, yes, they are. Yes, they are. Okay, Aaron, what are you smoking? Uh, so I'm smoking this mystery cigar that Luciano had given us uh, at the PCA last year. 
Um, it starts out with uh, like a slightly sweet cedar and a pretty bold black pepper. Um, but then on the retrohale, the pepper is very faint uh, at the start. Uh, but as, as the cigar goes along, that sweetness from the cedar kind of dissipates, kind of gets a case on a little bit of a toasted note. The black pepper kind of mellows a little bit, but it starts building up on the retrohale. Um, and then there's like an like a underlying creaminess to it. And then as it kind of gets into the second half, uh, going along with that toasted cedar and the black pepper, uh, there's kind of like a slightly green kind of hay note uh, that goes into it. Kind of gives it a, kind of plays along with the creaminess, kind of gives it a, uh, I'm not sure how to explain it, but it kind of gives it like a, like a finish, kind of like a finishing kind of note that comes out of that uh, after your initial draws. So um, it's really nice revisiting this after we smoked it the first time. Um, kind of in my normal smoking environment. So uh, without the, you know, hundred and whatever degree heat. So it's nice to be able to sit down and experience it. And construction is fantastic. Um, ash is like inch and a half and burn line straight. So it's, it's a, it's a great cigar to smoke. Thank you. So it, uh, I, it's a very uh, interesting cigar because it has uh, six different tobaccos, six, six oh. different regions, right? The, uh, oh, wow. Nice. And um and thank, thanks for the construction because I bunched that one. Yeah, good. You, you did a good job. You did a good job. <laughs> you made your own factory one day, Luciano. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not starved to death for sure. <laughs> yeah. Nice, nice. All right. So um, that was what we were smoking tonight, sponsored by Tailored Smoke. Just want to mention a couple of our other sponsors, uh, JRE Tobacco Company. Uh, the authentic Corojo leaf is one of the most robust and flavorful tobacco leaves out there. During the golden age of the size of Cuba, it was a leaf of choice to make some of the world's greatest cigars. Because it's one of the most challenging ones to cultivate, it fell out of favor by the 1990s. In the Hamasran Valley in Honduras, Julio Aroa took on the challenge of growing Corojo from the original seeds. And in 2000, he successfully reintroduced authentic Corojo back to the market. With over 50 years experience in the tobacco business from growing and curing tobacco to scar production, the Jerry Tobacco Farm has been able to continue to deliver products to market with authentic Corojo. Now with Jerry Tobacco, who and his son Husso have brought their very own brand to market, each containing the authentic Corojo leaf. Aldino is available in 100% authentic Corojo Puro, San Andreas Maduro, Ecuadorian Connecticut Shade, Honduran Grown Cameroon, or Urbano Wrapper, representing the golden age of cigars from 1947 to 1961. Now available at your local retail, but be sure to ask for Jerry Tobacco, a legacy that is tasted in every drawer. And we want to mention Corona Cigar Company. At Corona Cigar Company, they take pride in the fact that they are cigar fanatics just like you. That's why you'll find the best selection of the rarest and finest premium cigars available anywhere in the world. Plus, they have special limited edition cigars available exclusively to Corona Cigar Company from famous international cigar makers like Padron, Avo, LFD, Drew Estate, Fuente, Perdomo, and Oliva. They have the best selection, the best customer service, and money-saving discount prices. But don't just take their word for it. Forbes Magazine selected Corona Cigar Company as best of the web. Corona Cigar was voted a top five cigar internet retailer by Smoke Magazine. And Cigar Aficionado wrote, Corona Cigar Company, the largest, best stock cigar shops in America. You can place a cigar order online or visit one of Corona's four central cigar superstores and cigar bars. And you can see for yourself why Corona Cigar Company is the ultimate cigar experience. And I'll mention, uh, we're to get into our Live True segment, sponsored by Alec Bradley. Alec Bradley is a family company. Alan Rubin named the company after his two sons, Alec and Bradley, when they were just little tykes. Now they're all grown up working alongside their dad, making the best damn cigars you've ever smoked. Join the family. Try one today. 
Learn more at alecbradley.com. So we're going to get into our Live True segment. Luciano, we take, we've already taken a little break from some of the cigar talk, but I want to talk about your wine project a bit. Um, you kind of talked about it a bit. Um, you're getting full, full into this wine. So talk about how that all came about. Uh, the wines is a very interesting story. Uh, this, this winery that, uh, that we have has more than 65 years. It's in a very uh, special region in Spain called Priorat. Priorat is one of the uh, most important denomination of origins in, uh, in Europe. It's actually, there's only three that are recognized uh, as the DOQ. Uh, one is uh, Ribera del Doro, and then you have Rioja Alta and Priorat. Those are the only three. And there's you know, many different regions in Spain. So, why it's so special? Uh, it's, a, it's a very unique soil. It's basically rocks, like a, a licorice uh, rock. You know, this, the, the, the vineyards to survive that environment, they need to put a lot of effort to live. So, and the, the yields are very small because there aren't much water there. You know, it rains very little. Um, to this day, every single vineyard have to buy the water from the city and bringing tanks because there's not even wells there. That's how dry it is. Uh, but that, that wine became extremely special because uh, it has a very unique uh, composition of, of minerals. And, uh, and you know, that there's several growers there. People know a lot of uh, La Ermita from, uh, from Palacios, became very famous as a very expensive wine. But there's some other great wines that are, that are grown there. And Masik Nils has been receiving a lot of awards uh, for the wines. There'd be the, there's some ratings coming from wine enthusiasts. And one of the ratings actually is for the Dreamer. Believe it or not, mm-hmm. uh, it's a new, uh, new label. But this is a, a blend that it was actually done um, some time ago. And, and now it's getting a very good recognition. Uh, it's, it's been distributed in the entire Europe, Asia, and now... Park Street, which is one of our very well-known porters, are just bringing into the United States, and they, the the bottles will be actually displayed at the trade show um, for because of like uh, you know business reasons, whatever, uh, with with between the sands, uh, the Venetian and, and PCA and and distribution of Nevada. Uh, we technically cannot sell, uh, we cannot open the, those bottles and sample during the trade show, but we'll have a, actually a special occasion where the media will be invited, by the way, so you guys got an invitation uh, to come and, and experience the this new cigar uh, with the wine. And I think mm-hmm. that you guys would be really uh, impressed with the, with the results. How I got involved with it. It's a long story. So in my previous life, you know, many years ago, uh, one of the business I was involved with uh, had FIFA, uh, which is the federal uh, soccer organization. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, uh, the federation, I call federal, <laughs> the, the international uh, organization of, of football, they, um, they uh, the, the general secretary of FIFA uh, was someone that I, I had a very good relationship with because I was working directly with him for, uh, for many years during the, the organization of the, the World Cup in South Africa. And then later I participated as a consultant to, to, uh, to the Brazilian World Cup as well. Um, 
and we became good friends. So when Jahome retired uh, or left FIFA, he actually got uh, bought this vineyard, you know, in, in Spain. And him and his wife, his wife is also familiar, uh, uh, a, a WSET familiar, and she's, uh, she's doing an amazing job. And we have uh, a enologist who is brilliant, uh, a young, brilliant mind. This is one of the Michael Jordans, you know, a guy who basically uh, have this kind of photographic memory for flavors. He doesn't have synesthesia, but he has something very, very similar. He can memorize every single flavor and he's a true chef when it comes to blending. Mm -hmm. So uh, he elevated the quality of our wines into a, to a point that uh, it's, I mean, the rewards are coming now, you know, like the, the recognition for the wines, etc. So, uh, so I know Jerome, Jerome had the vineyard and one day I go to visit the vineyard. This is just like three or four years ago, three years ago. Uh, I go to visit the vineyard and then I was smoking a Pichardo Havano. And with the Pichardo Havano, I was having uh, one, uh, one of the wines. And I said, Jerome, just, just try this. I know it was, a, it was just a coincidence. So this guy was never blended for the wine. Mm -hmm. You know, and it was just one of those coincidences when you smoke the cigar and say, huh, look, we found a cigar that really pairs with this wine. Right. So he tried it. I tried. And then we started like, we're probably a little half drunk, I think. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, you know, some ideas, you know, we started brainstorming. So what if we do this? What if we do that? And, and I asked him, so do you want a partner? And he said, eh, that'll be, that'll be interesting. Uh, you never thought about it. They don't need a partner. I said, but I want someone that has uh, that has ideas, that have the brain. So I ended up getting a, a percentage of the of the vineyard, and, and that's how it took off. So it's been like three years already, uh, working towards this project that's that's going to culminate in July, where we're going to be launching uh, basically uh, two wines that can actually pair with cigars that we produce, and. Um, and then we'll, we'll be all the entire line will be there. Actually, we'll, we'll, we'll display everything. Um, and there will be, uh, of course, you know, the distributor will be there. It's kind of taking, uh, you know, leads for orders and stuff. But, um, but yeah, it's exciting. You know, wine is part of my life. It's, it's where actually I started when, my, when I found out that by uh, the flavors will be therapeutical for me when it comes to my, my disease. And I'd, since then, I started collecting wine at a very young age. I have a big collection because I've always kind of be intrigued about the, the the nuances and flavors that you can find in a wine and uh it was just again natural coincidence god whatever you want to call it nice um about the wines themselves what can you tell us about some of the profiles of these two wines oh that's a very good question so the the dreamer the dreamer it's a it's a it's a topic that i love to to discuss because you probably drank wines that has more tannin than other wines, right? Right. So the process of, of making a wine, it's it's using the car carbohydrates, the sugars that are uh, usually contained in the pulp of, of the fruit. And then the tannins comes from the skin, right? Which is a secondary process. So th those are separate at the beginning and then they, they merge together for, for a, a continuation of that fermentation. In Spain, specifically, there's basically three classifications that we have to abide to. You cannot even deviate from that process in order to be recognized as a DOQ. One, it's called the crianza. The crianza is when you do just 12 months of a barrel and then 12 months in a bottle. 
that's it. Now you have a crianza. It's a crianza process where it just goes, just stays for one month in the in the barrel, one month in the bottle. That is supervised by inspectors, uh, you know, third-party companies that come to basic audit how your process is, is being done. And when they approve, they give you the seal. Now you can sell as a crianza. Another one is called the reserva, the reserva, right? So the reserva is basically uh, two, uh, one, uh, 12 months of, of uh, barrels and two years of bottle. And then comes the Grand Reserva. In Priorada, the Grand Reserva are the most sought after wine, right? Which is uh, usually 24 months of barrel and only one year, only 12 months of, bot of bottle is already considered a Grand Reserva. Mm -hmm. But there are Grand Reservas that will have two years of barrel and also two years of bottle, sometimes three years of bottle, uh, it depends. So why I'm explaining this? Because the wines of Priorat, they train to have more tannins because there's, there's less water. So the grapes are small. The grapes don't give a lot of pulp. So you ended up getting more of the, the skin of the grape, right? So it has more tannins. The, ten, the, the, the skin is where you fight protein. Okay, so every, everything else is, is carbohydrates. In the skin, you have some, a, a small level of protein in, the, in, that, in, that, uh, in that skin. So, and for you, uh, I think you, we discussed this before too. Like there's two, two basic, basically there's two ways for us to recognize flavors, right? One is through the ionic taste, taste buds, mm -hmm. which is what kind of prevents you from burning your yeah. internal organs. It's how you perceive uh, food that when it's spicy or it's too hot or it's too cold. If you didn't have those taste buds, you would just burn yourself with a very hot drink or would eventually uh, damage the tissue of your, of your digestive system with something that's extremely cold. Uh, or, or you get you know, blisters of, of, of eating spicy food. So yeah. that's kind of what gives us that, uh, that type of uh, uh, flavor. And that is basically an electric uh, impulse. So uh, when food touches your mouth, immediately your, those sensors, they emit some electrical impulse and they recognize and decode to your brain that that, that is too hot or it's too cold. So to the nerves that are, that are connected to your, to your brain. But the second one, it's, I find it extremely interesting because it requires to cover the molecules of the food with protein. So you can only perceive flavors of food when you salivate. That saliva has a specific protein that covers you know, the, the food, and then you can understand the flavor. That's how that works in, a, in uh, to our sensorial uh, experience. As sounds is the, 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 the frequencies that, that reach, you know, your, your drums, and then you decode into your brain, and vision is the light that reflect into the objects, right? So in your, for the flavor, is that protein that covers the food and makes you understand what that flavor is. So when you drink a wine that has a lot of tannins, it creates a coating in your entire mouth. Have you noticed that when you drink a wine that has high amounts of tannins, it, you, you see your teeth get red? Have you noticed that? Oh yeah. That, that happens because the protein is, is basically adhering to, uh, to your teeth and to your tongue and cover your entire mouth. So what we did here, we played with a, the, the, uh, the, the, the blender, uh, Daniel, he played with the tannins to reach a point where 
will, will cover your pellet so much with those tannins that when you smoke the dreamer, you basically uh, perceive the taste of the dreamer in that kind of synergetic experience. It's not that it's complementary. It's not that it's, uh, it's creating a, a third element. What it's doing is creating a sort of antagonism where you have a contrast to understand the flavors in a completely different dimension. So the experience of smoking, especially in the new sizes, the dreamer with the wine is amazing. You know, I know it sound, sounded very technical, very maybe boring, I don't know. No, not at all. It's interesting to understand the whys and I love to understand the whys. So that's why, you know, that pairing works really well. Now with the other wine, which uh, I'm just gonna refrain to mention the name just just for the surprise element of next week. Uh, the ob objective was the pH. So we wanted to kind of reach a more like balanced pH mm -hmm. because uh, the this wine has a very balanced pH. Basically it's more like on the complementary com pairing idea. It's where both they're so similar that almost like sometimes you, 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 when you get distracted, you're smoking the cigar, you feel like you're drinking the wine. When you're drinking the wine, you feel like you're smoking the cigar. That's kind of the idea behind the, the pairing of these two. So in they're so easy to, per, to perceive. It's so in your face that you just can't deny it. Yeah, it's, you know, I was going to ask you the question, Luciano, why you chose to announce the new sizes with the wine. And I kind of, you kind of answered it for me. Yeah. Uh, because, I, you know, I, I was, there had to be a reason why you did both of them. Because you could have easily did two announcements on it. But um, that makes a lot of sense what you were saying there. Yeah, it's uh, it's something that I I'm devoted to and I love and, and you know if we're gonna do it we're gonna do it and and, and let's let's make it fun and make it interesting and again it has to be something that you don't have to be technical just experience just smoke the cigar with the wine and if it makes sense you tell me if I'm bullshitting or if it's true. Yep, you are welcome to bring the wine to the media house. By the way, there's no <laughs> stopping that. Yeah. You know? We do allow it so. <laughs> Yeah, you guys who got invited by for a very special oh uh, you were saying that's right yeah no that's, that's awesome well we'll do both oh, yeah. there you go there you go <laughs> even better now you mentioned distribution um and i sometimes hear it's very difficult to get distribution in years but it sounds like you have an established distributor is that going to be something that's going to be widely available in a lot of states or is it going to be kind of phased in how would that work so we were very blessed. Jerome had very good connections and he was able to bring the wine to Park Street, which is a, a Floridian company that has, I think they're present in about 22 uh, or 23 states. So they have like different companies establishing each mm -hmm. one of the states. They're, they're a very big uh, importer, uh, but they also have partnerships with other states to kind of complete a little oh, more in, in distribution. So we are very happy with the footprint that they have. Um, Purat has is a small, very small production if you compare to regions like you know uh, Mendoza in Argentina or uh, Paso Robles or you know these places in the US where you have like yep. massive production. So Purat, it's considered, it's it's kind of it's almost like the same size as Bordeaux. It's very small, right? So uh, in, 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 there's no like there's not a big volume, you know. Like uh, I think this year production is somewhere around like sixteen thousand. I mean sixteen thousand or seventeen thousand bottles. So uh, like for the Dreamer, I think we'll have initially, I think 2000 bottles here from the, the, the other wines, I think 800 of each uh, to, to start. And then it then becomes like a monthly you know, thing, but uh, it's a very, uh, it's very small production. The wine is, it's not like crazy expensive, but it's not like a cheap wine. It's not a, it's not a inexpensive wine. 
but like it's definitely worth it because uh, you know if you're willing to pay twelve dollars in a cigar, you got to be willing to pay at least twenty dollars into a bottle of wine, right? Sure. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So that's pretty exciting to hear uh, because again, you know, that's the part I hear a lot of people get into wines and spirits is the distribution. And it sounds like you're going to have a good advantage while working with the folks uh, with these folks. Uh, they're out of Florida, you said, right? Yeah. Park street. Yeah. Park street. Yeah. So that's great. So, uh, so that's going to be good news for a lot of folks. So uh, when can we expect to start seeing it uh, in the U S so uh, we are bringing the bottles now. So by July uh, we should be hitting some stores and also it's something that we still can talk about, but we got some amazing ratings from wine enthusiasts, nice. uh, which was a, a, a very kind of pleasant uh, coincidence. So we are yeah. launching exactly when we got the ratings. And the good thing about wine enthusiasts, they are one of the only rating agencies that they rate wines that are not being imported yet. So they accepted the samples, I think a year or two years ago, and they decided to rate because they're really impressed with the wine and, uh, and, Kind of, you know, it helped a lot too, even with the deal with uh, with uh, Park Street, because they got excited. They saw all the the, the possibilities, and uh, and so we are we're very happy. Your home is very happy. Uh, his wife Ornella, they're an amazing couple, man. They are they're very very good people, and uh, and we are very happy with the with the partnership and the, and this also is strategic alliance, you know, because it's not just because I'm a partner there. It's like there's a business that we are building that from scratch, which is the distribution here in the U.S. Beautiful. Beautiful. I look forward to that greatly. So be on the lookout for that, and we'll be on the lookout as well. All right. Uh, so we've got one more segment, Luciano. I just got to do uh, a, uh, a quick word from some of our sponsors here. Um, so let me uh, bring that up. And I want to mention J.C. Newman Cigar Company, founded in 1895 by Julius Caesar Newman. J.C. Newman Cigar Company is the oldest family premium cigar maker in America. For four generations and 126 years, J.C. Newman has been handcrafting many of the world's finest cigars. J.C. Newman is headquartered in an iconic 111-year-old plus factory in the Ybor City National Historic Landmark District of Tampa, Florida. At the factory known as Elder Hole, J.C. Newman has pros premium cigars by hand and hand-operated antique cigar machines. The J.C. Newman Pensa Factory is the second largest in Nicaragua. It's where Brickhouse, Bola de Ma, El Baton, Quorum, and Yagua cigars are hand-rolled. J.C. Newman's Diamond Crown, Maximus, Julius Caesar, and Black Diamond cigars are handmade by tobacco art A. Fuente in the Dominican Republic. With its longtime partners, the Arturo Fuente family, the Newmans founded the Scar Family Charitable Foundation, which supports low-income families in the Dominican Republic with education, healthcare, vocational training, and clean water. Visit jcnuman.com to learn more. Macasa Cuevas Cigars. The Cuevas Cigars has five generations, excuse me, the Cuevas family has five generations of experience in cigar making. For many years, they have manufactured cigars for many industry leaders out of the Las Lavas factory in the Dominican Republic. Now the Cuevas family has brought their very own brand to market with Casa Cuevas Cigars. You could try the Casa Cuevas Connecticut, the Casa Cuevas Habano, the Casa Cuevas Maduro, La Mandaria, and the new Patrimonial line as well as the Cuevas Reserver line. If they don't carry it, be sure to ask your local retailer for Casa Cuevas Cigars. Casa Cuevas Cigars from our Casa de yours. And by Aventura Cigars. Aventura is the first creation by Marcel Noble and Henderson Ventura. Immediately after lighting up the Explorer, the Mexican wrapper will delight the aficionado with its dark chocolate flavor. After allowing pleasure, the Dominican filler will flatter the aficionado palate with wonderful spicy and leathery aromas and unite it with the wit and sweetness from Ecuador. Try Aventura the Explorer and explore the wonderful experience. So we're getting into our industry 
Talk Deliberation segment sponsored by Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust. There's no deliberation when it comes to Dunbarton's track record since launching in 2015. This has included seven consecutive top three appearances on the Heffield Consensus, including number one cigar year in 2020 with the Mikadita Tricky Traka. You can visit DTC Cigars to find a purveyor that carries the brand of Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust. Programming note, uh, get your candles and midnight oil out because Steve Sock is on the show next week. So uh, get the midnight oil burning is what I'll tell people. So, <laughs> All right. Uh, so we're going to do a couple. Of, um, Aaron, I don't know if we're going to do all these. There's a lot here, but, uh, sure. but I'll, do, I'll do. We'll kind of select some of these. But the first two I do want to cover. Um, some of these I want to cover. Um, so these are, Luciano, last year we talked to you, right? I think right around a year ago we did this interview in, in mm-hmm. like late May. And, you know, this was the time when the trade show was, you know, the trade show was on. And the big question is how the trade show was going to do. Um, and now we're. We're through that trade show. We're getting ready to go into the next trade show. And, and I know you you expressed a lot of um, your support uh, for, and you have demonstrated your support for the PCA. I mean, you've been doing sponsorships and you've been working with them. Um, but I want to kind of do a, a health check. Where do you think the PCA is right now in terms of have they been able to restore the trade show? Do they still have more work to do? And if they have more work to do, what do you think needs to be done right now um, as we head into this next trade show? I think I want to I want to visit, visit a little bit of what we discussed last year. My support is to whoever is truly and genuinely trying to kind of improve our industry. And I think that the guys, the people behind, I think the executives, you know, mo- most uh, more specifically, I think I think that Scott Pierce and Joshua are doing a great job, period. Period. You know, yeah. you can oh. say whatever you want. Those guys, they, they, they navigated a lot of kind of rough, you know, uh, sea, and they also uh, overcame a bunch of things. There's a lot of things that were against, uh, you know, certain uh, things that needs, needed to be implemented. There's a lot of lack of, uh, of also autonomy to, to work, and, and they have to kind of deal with having, you know, a, a big executive board, like basically you know, slowing down a lot of things and making decisions. I'm not criticizing the board, by the way. I'm just saying. It's tough. No, it's a tough thing to do. Yeah. In your organization, when you have like 10, 12, now more people deciding things, you know, it's a slow, right? So it takes a long time and people think differently. I don't think maybe it's the most efficient way, but it is what it is. Um, I think they did a great job navigating all the, the, the difficulties of last year when it comes to, you know, losing uh, the, the some of the big companies for the trade show. Uh, at the same time, I think they proved the point. Whoever came to the trade show and did a good job in terms of, of marketing and, and 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 being professional, and we are the best proof of that. Uh, succeeded and succeeded really well because now you don't have you know all uh, the the huge companies there, and the focus was a little more into like the medium sized guys like. You know, uh, Alec Bradley, Brownhead, CLE, Ace Prime. So they, we got a little more of the attention and that translating to real business. So I think last year they proved that actually the show is, can be more business driven. And once it's more business driven, it starts to make a little more, little more sense for, for the manufacturers to invest in come, right? So I think keeping that, it's hard, man. It's really, really hard, you know? The same time, they, they need the money to to continue to uh, to do what they do. 
And uh, again, I don't know exactly what the numbers are this year. Last year was a little more involved. They had more time and I was at the advisory board. Now they changed that. I'm not at the advisory board anymore. They elected manufacturers into the board. You guys know the, the entire story. Yep. Um, so I don't know. I see I see some good guys running now. Looks like, you know, uh, Herc Lartz is, is running for, for a seat. You've got yep. some other guys too there. So uh, they, I believe, are good assets too. Yep. So uh, again, I think, uh, in my opinion, PCA has a way bigger responsibility than doing trade shows. Uh, and I think they are doing is just that that the, the work they do doesn't get out there as it should. Uh, I think I'll give an example like Josh, I think he led some very, very important processes this year that saved a lot of things in our industry. And just he, he, they, they are not, you know, they don't get the, the recognition they deserve and not they're looking for recognition, but they are working, you know, they're working with the tools they have with the money they have and uh and cia as well so i'm i'm now a member there and i uh i think uh they're they're also doing a great job they're trying to kind of be on the top of the game and, and get as much information as possible and trying different strategies as long as the fight continues you know and uh i think it's it's worth of 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 uh in incentivizing and supporting you know financially and supporting uh uh, you know, with everything else. So I, I, what I think of this year is that I see a lot of new brands coming out that I don't know how it's going to be. You know, Again, I saw a lot of new ones this year, more I, than in a while. I, yeah. I've been seeing a lot on social media and stuff. I'm concerned about that. Uh, honestly, I think that can dilute a little bit. Again, it's a lot of like, uh, you know, self-proclaimed, you know, yeah. Uh, cigar company I, i'm not even talking about master blenders like a cigar company i mean if you just created a brand yesterday you cannot call yourself a cigar company you know maybe maybe guys like uh rick rodriguez who have a story uh, you know mm -hmm. that uh, that he truly created a yep. cigar company with his partner and now he's launching so it's a different story like he has that background he's working with different factories uh, but I, I don't know, man. I just feel like uh, it's going to be a little weird, uh, too much information, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. without much, uh, much kind of, you know, content. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm concerned. I'll tell you why I'm concerned from media, my media. Mm -hmm. The top four red brands on Cigar Cooper, the big four, and they're not there. Mm -hmm. uh, now, last year, we actually had our biggest year of coverage in terms of that, right? In terms of TCA. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if I'm going to be able to sustain it this year. Uh, and small brands, I, I support them 100%, but they're not going to generate the same traffic as some of these other companies do. Now, there are some very good companies out there. Um, so that's kind of like my concern. And I'm worried it will dilute it a bit. So I'm in agreement with you on that. Let me, let me, let me raise a, just raise a, raise a topic for you to think yeah. about. There is, a, there is a trend happening in this market. It's almost like this four companies you mentioned, with the exception of one, they are way, they're getting more and more dependable of the online business. Mm -hmm. So uh, I, I will mention one out loud, like say general, for example, like what they do today, the portion of the business that's dependable, what, what is like online today, what CI and, and some other outlets they have. I don't think they really need the trade show. I, I don't I don't think, yeah. You, you know, so I think bottom line is, some of these companies, they are just, uh, it's just not their business model anymore. 
you know, and this is good and bad. It's, it might be good for them. They're, they're hitting a, a completely different market, you know, uh, uh, and, and you have this guys, the medium-sized companies, the small companies who have the opportunity to have the interaction with the brick and mortar and, and, and improve their businesses there. So at the, at the end of the day, the, the, the trade show, as much as we love to see each other and hang out and the whole vibe and, and, and the sense of community, everything that we have is amazing. But at the end of the day, it's a business. So people need to sell cigars. So why, why general will go to the trade show where that portion of the business might maybe, you know, represent 20% and they don't need the trade show to actually sell the 20%. True. They That's already true. have some established uh, brands that just sell by itself and they just don't need it. They will launch anything in yeah. at the I platform and sell it. Yeah. So yeah. now, now companies like, uh, you know, Rocky and, and Alec Bradley, even Fuentes, they still are companies that depend on a lot on brick and mortar, you know, like the, the big, big chunk of their portfolio is still on the, on the focus yeah. on the brick and mortar. No, totally. Totally. That's a good point you make there. Um, Going forward, PCA, um, there's been a lot of talk about the topic of self-regulation, particularly around some of the marketing. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on self-regulation? Uh, is this something the PCA should take on? Is this something the industry should take on? I wish PCA could take on, but I don't think they're ready. I don't think the yeah. I don't I don't think even we have a a level of uh, professionalism. To, to really take that seriously because what we need is a, it's a group of notable lawyers that can put all that together and, and scientists and people that can they can consult with and, and bring you know uh, more people to the table and start writing a self-regulation to start which will probably go over uh, several processes uh, until it gets you know a, a, to a document that is acceptable for all the parts including uh, the 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 government. So uh, again, I'm I'm for self-regulation. I just feel like we are so far behind that it's not something that will happen overnight. And because it won't happen, there is a there is a a, a vacuum there. There is a there is a there is a, uh, a a gap that needs to be filled. And that's what I'm afraid of because I think if we don't offer a possibility, if we, we can't do it. Uh, we're going to still face the same challenge that we're facing today, which is, you know, depending on the, on the, on the, whoever is in, in, in charge of the, of the house or whoever is in charge of the political seats that goes into the FDA, uh, we'll may basically determine what kind of fight we will have for the, the next years. We never know what's going to come up again. That's so true. I think, I think what CRA is trying to do in PCA is trying to kind of uh, create some sort of common law about certain topics so they don't change in the future that you can really have a a uh, well understanding established in law uh that you know some some lay some base guarantees for for some rights that cannot be uh they cannot mutate in the future you know i think that's that's the that's the challenge that they have you know if it, they can have more and more judgments that are favorable to differentiate premium cigars from other tobacco products and having a, a, a way of, of, uh, of uh, understanding that market. Uh, and, and that turns into final judgments. That's what common law is, right? Yeah. So then you, then you have a way to somehow create some sort of, uh, of, of armor 
against this kind of, uh, you know, volatile political decisions that can that can occur at any time in the future. I think that's that's the biggest challenge, and and it's no way there'll be like a huge win. I think it's small wins that combine will 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 kind of create some sort of a layer of protection. Uh, at the same time, I try to find just to kind of look from a philosophical standpoint. You know, let's say for some reason, let's think of the boxing. For some reason, tomorrow they will try to regulate water. Water. So water needs to have some types of minerals, blah, blah, blah. Cannot have certain chlorines. Right? I don't know. They already regulate water, right? Bottled water. But I'm talking about like, let's say they, they create a like very deep regulation about, right. about any product. I use water. I think it was a bad example, but any product, bread, whatever. Right. Uh, people always consume water. Mm-hmm. And people's always consume bread. They're going to have to find a way to make sure that product is in the market period. So yeah. what I'm saying is people will not stop smoking cigar. They can make it a legal product as it's still illegal in some states to smoke marijuana. People yeah. are going to still smoke, man. No, yeah. yeah. You know, and, and that's going to create a social problem. Yeah. yeah. So my point is as much as we all fear regulations and stuff. And like when people start talking about this whole bullshit that, that, you know, I know there was an imminent risk that we have to pull all the products out of the shelf for regulation and, and that, that threatened the entire market. Let's start thinking about like, how would the market react to that? We all always think from the manufacturing distributor standpoint, but how the market would react to that stuff. When they go to the store, they basically cannot buy anything, but like maybe one or two options of cigars. You think with the level of, of, uh, of our consuming market right now and knowledge that they have and what they experience, do you think people accept that? I still believe that we live in a in a very special country. You know, uh, I believe in that freedom. I believe that people have their choices. So I don't think the, the that 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 those decisions would be popular per se. You know, yeah. I know it's a small uh, uh, portion of the population, but I think it's a kind of loud portion of yeah. the population. I think it's people would not accept that. So I kind of I train to kind of gravitate towards those general concepts to believe that there will be a solution. So I'm more optimistic when it comes to, uh, to the future of the premium cigar industry. But at the same time, we're always going to be susceptible to political changes, you know, at any time yeah. until yeah. Uh, we get those, uh, those, those laws in place. Yeah. I'm not a, I'm not a judicial expert or anything like that, but I don't think we're going to win this case that was argued this week. I think it's a long shot at best. That yeah, gonna, I, yeah, I, I think I, it's a big long shot to keep that. Like I'm telling people, like it's a long. Like I, there was a lot of stuff printed. Oh, here are all the positives right. that were said. Um, you know, this judge has not been inclined to throw out the regulations, other than maybe there was some other precedents that kind of did that. So yeah. I think it's a long I, shot for this. I yeah, think so too. But there'll be appeals. There'll be. Uh, yes. Again, yeah. Uh, I, yeah. Then comes the whole like Rocky theory of compromising too, losing a limb to save the body. I'm not saying this is a, the, the right argument. What I'm saying is uh, I always, I believe that the market should be free to choose whatever they want to consume. Right. You no, know? uh, everything. Yeah. So, so I'm kind of, I'm kind of, it's a paradox of being conservative and liberal here. Yeah. So, Along those lines, some of the self-regulation I've heard talked about is around the marketing. Like, hey, products that are marketed to kids. I've heard the PCA talk about possibly having, you know, uh, a role in maybe not letting these products into the trade show. 
Mm-hmm. Um, is this something you think the PCA should be tackling? Because I agree with your assessment. I think they're not ready to tackle self-regulation as a whole, but maybe at, at that smaller scale, is that right. something that should they just let the market dictate this? That's one of the things I learned also with my father was that, uh, you know, you have separate people from ideas. I actually have very good friends who are behind some of these ideas that I don't agree with. So I, I value them. I think they are creative. I think they're trying to do something right, but I think they are, they are actually jeopardizing a lot of stuff that we already uh, conquered. Yeah. Uh, so I, I actually, uh, actually think that that will kind of hurt us really bad. You know? Yeah. I, I, I hear what you're saying. It, it is, it is, that's the reality. They are looking. They are looking for the kind of you know fast cash, and at the end of the day, this will this will not be good for uh, for for I understand my opinion. But again, that will generate some tensions. Then my you know, if we look at a very very long term, I'm not so concerned. Uh, but we will face challenges because of that. That's no no doubt. Now, yeah. when it comes to the PCA's reaction to it, I don't know. I think you got to be careful there. I don't think that. Um, Actually, by prohibiting those products to go to PCA, maybe they're actually going to help them. You wonder that too. You want because it exactly the reaction with it. They'll create a lot of buzz, man. And those guys will go to different platforms. And then you're going to general general buying some of these companies. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Yep. Good point. That's a very good point. All right. I got three rapid fire questions for you. They may not be rapid, but all right. If you could change one thing about retail tobacconists, what would that be? Uh, making them uh, go a little deeper on cigar education and learning what they're selling. Good point. I instead agree. of just uh, instead of just the bullshit of like mute and mild strong. <laughs> right. Yeah. You, you want a Maduro or you want a natural? Like yeah. You know, you want yeah. a strong one? I mean, yeah. I just I just wish uh, you know they would offer more information. As if you go to a wine store these days, man, those guys know their shit. So they tell yeah. exactly the regions where it comes from. And you know my opinion about information. Right. The more we provide, the better it is for the market. Right. Uh, all right. If there's one thing you could change about cigar consumers, what would it be? Same same thing. Okay. I think, uh, well, we, you can change consumers, right? So you can maybe offer the possibility for, for them to uh, to learn and eventually, you know, learn how they, they understand cigars and perceive cigars. But if, if you have a way to go into everybody's brain and kind of, you know, say, you know, just kind of pay attention here, man. Just don't. <laughs> right, right. Uh, it would be exactly the same, you know, knowledge, knowledge. Fiat Lux, brother. Knowledge. <laughs> there you go. Like, you know, it's, it's learn, learn what you're doing. Again, I think the consumer art, the consuming uh, market is changing. I think people want to know. Uh, they, the, the selling mystery thing doesn't work anymore. People want to know what they put in their mouth. They want to know uh, the story behind the cigar. And most, I dare to say that probably 90% of the consumers of Pima cigars are extremely insecure. They are the ones who love when, you know, they walk into a restaurant and, uh, and the waitress comes and said, uh, sir, we have this amazing dish you should try. That's what they want. Yeah. You know, they don't want to look at the menu. And, and find out exactly how those 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 plates were, were conceived or made or so uh, and I, but that's changing too I think people are they want to know more they want to find out what's behind they want to know the story 
And I think it's the retailers, uh, you know, manufacturers, distributors' responsibility to provide that information. And I'll put myself into this, into the, the same category. I think the fault of not having a lot the, of uh, consumers not having much information is, many, is of the manufacturers. Mm -hmm. We don't provide information even, and I'll say this again, another controversial thing, don't get upset with me, but I think even the media is misinformed and remember I said about like, you, sometimes you, you guys are repeating things that are completely wrong. Mm. You know, I, I, I gave this example last year and I'll repeat exactly the same one. Certain medias criticize one type of tobacco. Oh, this mm. tobacco we, we don't like because it's, uh, it has too much sulfur and <laughs> they have no idea that actually most of the the well-recognized uh, recognized brands, including Davidoff, including companies like Placencia, who controls 80% of that tobacco, are using this tobacco for years. Mm -hmm. They never disclose because they don't tell, they just say it's from Nicaragua. Yeah. But actually that tobacco is so unique and so special that actually it's, it's present, it is one of the best blends, including uh, top number one of the, the, the top 25 of cigar aficionado for the past 10 years. If you look out of that 10, I did that research, okay? Out of that 10, there's five blends that have that tobacco. Number one cigar of the year of cigar aficionado. So, and, and here's my, uh, and I, I say this with love, right? So here's my challenge to you guys, to cigar media. Go deeper, man. Just don't don't repeat what you, what you hear uh, other people saying just because they say it, you know, mm -hmm. it's like, oh, because the, you know, this is because of this, like, no, like ask questions, ask the manufacturer, you know, sit, sit, sit down with them. You know, like, I know you guys do already. I know you, you go to, to, to factories. That's why I say, you know, actually the fault resides way more on us than on you. But my, my advice is like, ask more questions, you know, mm -hmm. because at the, at, the end of the day unfortunately manufacturers don't disclose everything and that's that's one of the problems so you go in and visit the factory everything is kind of controlled when you go there they have the same narrative they always tell the same story but go and ask questions so why 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 using this tobacco why the fermentation let me see the pilon for, for how long have you guys been flipping this pilon and why why the cigar is not burning so well why is this so if when you learn the process when you learn the the, the truth behind it then you can start really, uh, you know, speaking with authority about something that you know it's true. It's not just because you heard of. Mm -hmm. you know? yep. And I see this is actually, I, my opinion, it's a, it's a big issue with uh, with uh, retailers, consumers, and cigar media because you guys propagate mm -hmm. the the stories. That's a fair question. That's a fair response, Luciano. Uh, I know Skip's in there, and he's he gave you an amen because he's told us that too. Um. Mm -hmm. So yeah, no, it's a, that's fair. That's fair. And I was actually the next question I was going to ask you was on cigar media. See, so you you beat me to it. That was good. All right, Aaron. Anything else we want to hit with Luciano before we wrap up? No, I think we're good. Yeah. So Luciano, uh, thank you so much. Uh, this was this was fantastic tonight. Uh, I could say I know you had a long day. Uh, we really do appreciate you coming on. Uh, look forward to seeing you at the PCA um, mm -hmm. in July. So it's uh, very exciting. Looking forward, man. It's almost like what six weeks, five weeks, yep. five weeks. Yep, yep. Man, yep. I, uh, 
it's crazy so close we have yep. so much to do have no idea man i'm i'm, I'm flying i'm flying to brazil tomorrow because it's my grandma's uh birthday and she's not uh so well like she needs uh she she just had a stroke uh she's not i mean she had a stroke 15 years ago but she's not doing well we don't know for how long we're gonna have her around and she's actually my mom she's the one who kind of raised me mm. um and i i i'll go there just for a couple of days and then i'll head straight to nicaragua then I'll be in Nicaragua until the trade show. I'm just coming to Texas for uh, those events, and then uh, and then that's uh, all I can tell has been crazy. Well, Skip is watching yeah. there. See, he saw a little bit of that craziness. He also has been very very busy. We we went to Europe for to visit our distributors and, and like we visit I don't know seven countries in two weeks. Like wow. And then we haven't stopped since then. So. I, like I said, I, you guys who do all this traveling in the cigar industry, I tip my hat to you because it's, it's tiring. Yeah. I, I could tell you. Um, and I was for a short time doing a European uh, travel and it was rough. So uh, my hat's off yeah. to you guys. And I, I hope everything's okay with your grandmother as well. So <laughs> very much. Yep. Sure. Yep. Um, wrapping up, uh, again, mentioned primetime episode 230 next week. Uh, Steve Saka will be the guest. Uh, that's June 2nd. And then on uh, Memorial Day, May 30th, Dave Burke and I will have Jukebox episode 71. And we'll be covering songs you would be surprised we like. So uh, that was Dave's thing. So uh, we're going to do true confessions uh, and everything. So stay tuned on that. Uh, thanks to our audience as well for tuning in. Um, that's going to wrap up primetime episode 229 into the annals of history for Thursday, May 26th. Now Friday, May 27th in the Eastern and Central time zones. We will see everybody next week. Take care, everybody. See you guys.